Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chomp Cast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. If you're anything like us for the past few months, you have felt absolutely swamped with video games. Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Triangle Strategy, Gran Turismo 7, Ghostwire Tokyo, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, Tunic, Dying Light 2, Sifu, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, the 94th release of Grand Theft Auto for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, and that doesn't include all of the indie games and expansions that have also released. If you feel overwhelmed with finding the time and money to play all of these games, you're not alone. There are many incredible games and not enough time in the day to play them all. So, we are going to ask ourselves how we keep afloat when we are in a period of many incredible releases that we want to play. We also have a host of games to discuss, such as Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Ghostwire Tokyo, Triangle Strategy, and Tunic. We will also be rounding out the show with some social media polls and Patreon shoutouts. It's going to be a big, big show, so let's get the intros knocked out. First, I am going to quote one of the people who will be joining me today. He once said, Friends? My friends are the enemies laying out on the battlefield that I put there. My friends are the weapons that bring justice to a land in desperate need of it. My friends are the NPCs that don't truly show the appreciation I deserve for laying waste to the threat spreading across their land. Can one fucking maiden just be sent to my chambers? God damn it. Oh, <laughs> oops. I forgot to cut that quote just a little bit shorter. Uh, please welcome to the show my friend, Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing today, buddy? Bro, did you just call me maidenless? I did, yeah. Oh, me said I ain't got no maidens. Um, I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, there's too many games, but that's kind of what we're here to talk about in a big way today. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This exactly. is yeah, it's a hell of a week. Hell of a week. Uh, it's nice to have a week off to really focus on uh, Kirby and how much I care for him as a person. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, buddy. Uh, how was your week off, by the way? It was nice, um, hanging around with some people, you know, drinking beer in my PJs, just living. I don't know why you'd put the beer in your PJs before you drink it, but... It's a New York thing. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I didn't hide at all why you were gone last week. I, I told straightforward that you were visiting some friends, imbibing, making poor choices, probably. Sure. Yeah, I don't know, not that poor. Not that poor. Um, things were good, though. It was nice to relax a little bit. I, I listened to um, what I could of the show. I didn't, get, I didn't listen to the whole thing because I just didn't have time. Yeah. Um, but like mentioning that, I wanted to give a distinct shout out to Josh uh, because I really appreciate it when I'm not there. If you're going to mention something, bring up that I would hate it first whenever you can. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I, uh, yeah, it's just, it feels good to be represented. <laughs> Yeah, last week was a, a, a really fun show. We had Bebop guest on the show. It was really nice to have him kind of take your place. But also, it, it got weird in some spots. And if it's you end up finishing the show, 
I'm going to be curious to what you think about some of the bits that we had in there, because it was a weird show. There was a lot of stuff that I usually would have cut last episode, but there wouldn't have been much show left, had I? Sure. (laughs) Right? Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was was an interesting show, but Rich, I'm glad you're here for this week. We missed you. Um... That that quote, do, do you have anything, before I move on, anything you want to add to that quote? Any kind of context, or you just want to leave it? Um, do you stand by it? Would you change it? I don't know, man. Uh, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, you know? There, there, there's another famous quote. Not by yeah. Rich, but there's another. that's another famous one. Yay, God. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Okay, well, thanks for being here, man. Next... I am joined by a person who was once asked to speak at a convention for people looking to get into mechanics. They spent weeks preparing a speech, hour after painstaking hour, crafting each sentence, each word, each letter, in hopes to inspire those that would be their captive audience. They drove to the speaking hall where the convention would take place. After being quietly shuffled in through the back door as a surprise, they composed themselves and walked onto the stage. Eyes widened. They stared out into a sea of butt cracks as hundreds of people played Magic the Gathering. The smell of unbathed flesh wafted over them causing their eyes to water and nostrils to recoil. Card mechanics? You wanted me to speak about card mechanics? They asked in stupefied rage. The coordinator violently shook his head yes, as if he was a golden retriever about to go on a walk. The coordinator introduced them and asked for the attention of the attendees. They started walking off stage, thinking to just leave and forget the experience. But something in their mind told them to say something that popped in their head. After wrestling with it for a few seconds, they bound to the mic and said, while you're tapping right to attack, I'm going to lay your mother flat out on her back. And what happened next? You'll have to wait to the end of the show to find out. Please welcome Josh Fowler and joining me today. Josh, how are you doing? I am good. I am good. Um, still don't know how that miscommunication happened, really. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. One minute you think you're speaking at a convention for aspiring budding mechanics and, mm-hmm. you know, easy mistake to make. Card mechanics, mechanics. We've They're all been almost there. the same thing. I brought all the wrong jokes. <laughs> do you have one prepared, or do you did you forget them? No, no, no. I, yeah, the the uh, the shock of it kind of knocks yeah. some of that loose. Well, you know what's funny about that? You mentioned shock, Josh. I, I can't wait to see what you think about the ending of this story because it will be continuing in the Patreon shoutouts and boy does it go places. It's crazy because I feel like you would know it. That's like, I should have been showering, I should have been cleaning my apartment, I should have been 
playing a video game? No. I wrote a brilliant ending to this story, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. I've never tied the intros to the Patreon shoutouts ever, and uh, I'm really excited to see what you guys think about how that story ends. Josh, we should, you should have given like choose your own adventure. I totally yeah. did. I was here the whole time. Um, oh. You should have uh, you should have given like choose your own adventure options. Like at the end, it's like if you want Josh to do X, skip to time code. <laughs> That would have been fun. Maybe that's something we can do in the future. Yeah, that's just an idea. Okay. Okay. Well, you know. That that'll require some uh some some finagling. So we'll have to we'll have to think about that in the future. But you know, Josh, did you feel the uh impending doom of games thwarting or thwarting your every attempt to play video games this week as you sat down to play a video game? You're like, man. I should probably be playing 12 other games right now, but I guess I'll just play this one. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of an issue. Um, I mean, I got a good chunk of Tunic done early in the week before everything else came out. Um, it was kind of a lot hit this weekend. Um, well, and, and through the week, but I, I'm holding off on those just yet. Um you know what the the worst of that part of that feeling is? I get that uh, feeling where, like, if I haven't put a review up on the site in, like, a week or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, before I play more games, I need to write words about the games I've already played. And then I wrote way too many words about Triangle Strategy, and I'll be cutting <laughs> it down before I put it out on Monday. There you go. Did you finish? Well, actually, I'll ask you later. I'll ask you later. I'm Don't midway through that. my second playthrough. Are you serious? This is a game that wants you to play it twice. But I am comfortable reviewing it with where I'm at. I mean, if you finished it once, then mm-hmm. I think that's fair enough. But yeah, I uh, I'll actually yeah, talk I'm... about that when we talk about that game later, Shay, because it's not going to spoil the story. But I do want to let you know why I think playing it twice is like valuable, I should say. OK, OK. Yeah, I'll be curious to hear your thoughts, because uh, I think we're in very different camps with that game. And so I'll be curious. I have a lot of criticisms to lob at it, but also like I think the parts that are good are worth everything else. But we'll 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 get into that later. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Josh, thank you for being here. And really quickly, I'm Shay calling in from Japan. I will be your host today. Um, I'm excited to discuss what we're going to be discussing. We have a lot to discuss today, so let's get started. Um, so this topic came obviously with the. Uh, the overwhelming feeling of just how many games have come out this spring. It has been one of the most packed springs I can think of ever. I, I mean, I can't think of a, and maybe there has been, and I'm just not remembering. Certainly that's possible, but I can't remember a more packed spring in my lifetime where it's just game after game after game after game. And um, I can't remember a time where I've had less time to play video games than this spring. I've had no time um, to play video games. So I was, I was kind of really feeling this overwhelming feeling of, hey, we do a video game podcast. We have all these games coming out. It's wreaking havoc on my wallet. Uh, it's pressuring me for time. And I know that you guys, we, we've privately talked about it a lot, and we've talked about it on the show here and there too about just how overwhelmed 
that we feel, and I know a lot of other people, like in our Discord, for example, feel with how many games are coming out right now. And it's it's not that we're complaining. It's just like it's, FOMO. It's a, it's a yeah, mm. it's fear of missing out, and it's a very happy problem. So you want the time to play all these games, but you don't have the time, and you want to have the money, but you know adult responsibilities. Usually. And the United States government. <laughs> well, I was going to avoid that, but yeah, you're, oh, okay. you're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. But um, a, lot of, a lot of contributing factors. So I figured it'd be kind of fun to do kind of an introspective episode about how each one of us personally deal with this kind of problem when we're faced with it. Because this isn't the first time we've ever faced, and it will, probably will never not be the last time that we face just a sheer amount of games coming out in such quick succession and how we deal with it. Um, I mean, I know we've dealt with it in the past, so how do we deal with it going forward or how will we deal with it going forward rather? So I kind of want to approach this topic from a few different angles. And the first one I want to start with, I think is the easier perspective is how do we address this problem monetarily when it comes to money, when we have all these games dropping um, how do we deal with it? So, Rich, I already know, I kind of know your answer, uh, just because we've joked around about it off and on in the past, but I'm going to throw it to you first. What is, what is, what are some of the ways you deal with, um, when games are just dropping one after the other? How do you deal with it money-wise? Uh, poorly money-wise. Um, I... It ends poorly. Yeah, pretty much. Um... A lot of times I will depend. Honestly, I just, I just fucking buy what I know I'm going to play and try and like space myself out to buy things as I'm going to play them. At least I say I'll do that and then I don't. Um, so I just spend money I don't have. Is that an acceptable answer? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> certainly can say that for sure. That's what those plastic things in my wallet are for. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's fair. Sorry, I won't be able to make it to your wedding. I mean, good thing I'm not getting married. But no, I, I mean, so like you don't have any reservations about spending money when all these games are coming out. This is an expensive hobby. It always has been. Um, in the past, um, not as much here, though I'm not going to say it never happens because it does happen. Um, and it's happening more for us as time goes on, which is nice. Um, I spent a lot of time from like late high school on getting a lot of my games for free by doing freelance work. So it's a relatively newish problem for me in the past few years. If I'm being honest with you, mm. um, mm-hmm. like I used to spend a lot more money on retro stuff and I still do. Um, I spent a lot of money on games in the past, like three weeks, like more than I probably should have. Yeah. Like I can afford to, but should I be spending the amount of money I am? No, it's not responsible. Okay, and um, I guess so. That's kind of like the physical aspect. Of it. Mentally, how do you deal with it? How do you same, deal with like, same way I do everything else? Shove it down. <laughs> do Do you ever feel like guilty for buying a game when you haven't finished a game you're currently playing? and you like so for example let's say for this week uh like you said you're playing through your second playthrough of triangle strategy as it's a game that prompts you to play through it multiple times 
So you haven't finished that second playthrough, and you bought Kirby, and obviously you have played Kirby to some amount. Do you yes. feel guilty at all for that? No. Um, it is another thing, much like how I'm kind of treating Elden Ring right now, which I adore Elden Ring, but it's so much that it's kind of the thing I chip at in the background. Like, I'll put a couple hours into it a week, and when I have some downtime, like, sometimes when I'm on a break at work, I'll just pick up games like that and plug a little bit into them. Um, I am over the point in my, and I'm not saying either of you experience this because I kind of had, it's a little bit different, um, doing this because we try and really talk about everything we're playing. But for a long time, I had to put myself in a mental headspace where I was like, if I am not playing something for work, I should not feel bad about putting it down regardless of the circumstances. Like just kind of uh, this. I need to move on to the next thing. I want to be talking about the next thing. I want to be familiar with the next thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't I try not to guilt trip myself. I don't think it was ever really guilt, but it was just like uh, I should really see that through. But not not so much these days. Not so much. Mm. Okay, that's fair. Well, Josh, let me ask you the same question then from a money standpoint. How do you cope when all these games are dropping at the same time because i think your methods are definitely a lot different than riches so i'm kind of curious um i sold our house <laughs> and your kids won't be having birthdays this year mm -hmm. just uh yeah, they don't need them they quietly, had them last year quietly you know remove those dates from the calendar just tell them it was a leap year. That's what exactly. happens on leap years. Exactly. Mm. Um, okay. But in all seriousness, Josh. In all seriousness, I wait for a lot of stuff to go on sale. Um, not all of it, because again, like because of the podcast, there's some of it that I'll grab right away. But if it's not something that like you need to have. I, I feel I need to have right now just because everyone's talking about it for us to discuss in the show or whatever. I I wait for stuff to be on sale a lot of the time. Um, which only helps so much when you're getting so many games, which is stupid, but you know, it's still better than full price for all the games I'm interested in. Um, Yeah, mm. yeah, like, a, a, there, there's a lot of stuff that'll be like, oh, that looks neat, and I'll just stick it on my Steam wish list, so it, you know, lets me know whenever it's on sale. Uh, are those on. usually indie games you're putting on your Steam list? Some of them are. Some of them are things like that Mass Effect collection, mm. um, because right. I'm not fucking paying full price for that again. Like, you already got my full price for it. When the games came out to begin with. Um, hey, they got my full price for it multiple times between that as well. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, that, that was one I stuck on the list, which I can't even remember if I got it on this last sale. I think the last sale was 50% off, which that, that's, that's, that's close enough to considering. But still, it's 30 bucks for a game I've bought three times before. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I understand your reasoning there. I have a question that's kind of like, that's a little bit tangential, but it's kind of an offshoot, and I think it's interesting, is sometimes when I wait for the sale of a video game, I feel almost, I don't know why exactly, I feel a little bit guilty, because I feel like I could be adding to um, 
there being a possible sequel. So like t- take uh, Days Gone, for instance. Mm-hmm. I waited for a sale for that game. And be- because of it doing middling, I guess, in terms of sales and critic reviews and stuff, that we'll never see a sequel to that game. Do I feel like my one purchase in the grand scheme of things would have, you know, shifted the odds in my favor? No, I, I you know, it would have changed everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I changed the future. No, but <laughs> also I do feel a little bit guilty for being a part of that problem. Right. Do you ever feel like that when you, because um, I know you do like to wait for sales a lot. Do you ever feel guilty for that? Not usually. Usually if it's a game that I like that much, I'll buy more than one copy of it or buy merch or, or something along those lines. Cause I get a lot of my mm. stuff on steam and then later on, like I just bought the physical release of hollow Knight that they did, uh, mm. which like, of course I love that game. I I'm grab the switch version of it. Just pay for right. it again. Um, sort of a situation. Um, so <sighs> No, like this is kind of a kind of a similar thing to how when I was young and extremely poor, I did had no problem with piracy to to try games because like it was it was ridiculous back in the day trying to get a hold of stuff. Um, mm. But then also you could legally buy so many used games, and that was the next best thing to affordable, and that's you know. The developers have more or less killed. Well, not the developers. The publishers have more or less killed that off at this point, right? Um, I really, but um, yeah, I know. Like, I, 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 I generally don't mind saving myself money to try something. Um, and then if it turns out to be something like that, that I think, oh, it, 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 you know, they deserve the full price of this game or whatever else, I'll find a way to kind of make that up. I really like that a lot. I, I like that a lot. I think that's a really cool thing that not a lot of people think about, you know, is, for example, if you play a game on Game Pass and you really like it, then you can buy it. And yeah, no, I did that with Tunic, because like, I, I played the first, the beginning of that on Game Pass. And then, you know, after I was, whatever, like an hour into it or so, I'm like, okay, this is this is a game. I can tell it's one I'm going to want. So let's go ahead and just get the Steam version of it. Which, I just launched in any other month. I would have done the same exact thing with Tunic. Yeah. But I'm like, this is an extra $30. It's, exactly. This was this not month. the month to do that. It's just that. Yeah. Hmm. Made the decision yeah. not thinking Tunic's of everything cool. else coming out a couple weeks later. So. Right. Right. I'm kind of like in the past, I used to be the kind of person who would just buy games and like with full intent to play them. But and I, not. there's uh, and then there, yeah, there's a, been yeah. a lot of times like I I remember I still think like I'm not even joking with you guys about this four and a half years ago for a Black Friday sale. I bought Mass Effect Andromeda. I bought uh, Dying Light. I bought mm-hmm. like three or four different games with intent to play them. And I still haven't played them. Yeah, and, you never will. And I probably that's the truth i probably won't ever find time to play them and so like i wasted that kind of money and i think about granted that money probably would have went to something else you know four and a half years ago but i think about it now it's like you know the the kind of situation now 
where I'm not hurting for money or anything like that. Um, I'm very fortunate that I'm not hurting for money, but that money could have went to the games that are coming out now. And so I think about that, and that's one of the things I kind of, I've really changed my mindset with the past year and a half to two years is I want to finish the games that I buy before I buy new games. And I'm not perfect at that. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit lenient with myself yeah. on that. You know, like I just picked up a final fantasy nine for the switch cause it was on sale and I'll, I'll play that sometime later this year. I have full yeah. intent to play that one's been one that's been on my radar for a while now, but I haven't picked up Elden ring. I haven't picked up, um, Kirby yet. I haven't picked up a, a few other games. I haven't played tunic yet, even though I want to play it. There are some games that I want to play and some games I want to pick up, but because I haven't finished Horizon Forbidden West, I haven't finished Triangle Strategy, those are the games that I bought, I'm not going to buy those games until I finish the ones that are currently on my plate. And it makes it difficult because obviously we have a video game podcast and I'm very fortunate that you two are also here. So, you know, I'm not the only one who feels like obligated or anything to have to buy new games. Uh, I feel like we are in a very fortunate position where we can kind of stagger that. Um, But like to the, to the average person, I guess like money wise, you got to kind of think about, you know, what, what your priorities are. If you want to be a part of the zeitgeist, then sure. You're going to, you're going to end up being the, being the type of person that buys all the new games. And that's fine. If that's what you want to spend your money on. Um, I, I get it. But for me, I realize that that zeitgeist now more than ever just comes and goes so quickly. It's very rare. Like Elden Ring has been the exception because that game, so many people love that game that it has stayed in the zeitgeist for a few weeks now, almost and a I, month. I, I think it will for a while longer. Like, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, mm. like I was telling you guys about that yeah. game, it's become the thing I kind of, chip away at here and there more so because like i'm like this game's huge i really want to take my time with it yeah i I think it's something i'll be thinking about all year yeah i I was i was looking at some data miners just you know from the because i'm a weirdo following like the the speed running and kind of the modding scene and it looks just from like the number of items in the game like you know things they have registry um you know, in the database, it looks like it's a like ten thousand times kind of mm. what we'd been looking at before. Um, yeah. P- point being, part of the reason I think it hit the zeitgeist so well is because you can be horrible at Souls games and have a ton to do still, because there's always something for you to go off and find and explore, and, and you can eventually and make grind yourself. Your way. Yeah, make yourself too powerful to have to worry about those yeah. types of things, and or, maybe or that just bottom play falls... it long enough that you'll learn yeah. them. Because there's yeah, exactly. You exactly. can not that the difficulty curve is the easiest. You're going to bang your head against the wall, but there will be places where you can make the difficulty curve generous yes. um, by wandering off and finding something that's doable. Um, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, that, I, yeah. So that game is definitely like I I get why it's a part of the zeitgeist so much. Uh, it makes perfect sense. But I mean, back back to the back to the 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 point at hand. If you want to be a part of the zeitgeist, sure. Um, for me, I'm not I'm I'm not so concerned about that. So yeah. for me, that's uh... money wise. 
like there's so many things that so many hobbies I have so many things I want to spend my money on that for me I had to kind of adopt the mentality of play the games that you bought and when you're finished then buy another game and if you're not exactly a part of zeitgeist right when it happens that's okay it doesn't really matter um if it's in the grand scheme of things yeah that's that's something speaking speaking of that like I'm basically the same way with movies. I don't, I don't see stuff stuff in the theater um, because you could buy the movie for the same price as seeing it once in the theater. And like occasionally there are movies that like, okay, I want to see this in IMAX or whatever else. Right. But outside of that situation, I just, I have a hard time justifying going to see a movie for that, for that price. Um mm kind of a, a, a kind of a similar line to like what you were saying with games there um like in, yeah I, anyway. I i think it, it makes a lot of sense i mean when when you are not in the upper class you have to kind of think about how and where you spend your money and where you get the most value out of it yep. and movie theater to purchasing the movie makes a lot of sense for me um I like to, or just like renting it. I was just using that yeah. as like like a cost comparison. Sure, it was, it was more what anyway. Yeah, that also makes that also makes a lot of sense. Um, over yeah, overall, I I mean, I think monetarily that I like I said, I want to make sure I get the most value, extract the most value out of whatever it is that I'm playing, that what that I purchased before I you know get something else essentially. Um. But I want to talk about it probably, which is the more interesting aspect of the conversation is time. Um, yeah. How do, you, how do you deal with this problem, Rich, when it comes to time? I do drugs. Um, I'm tired all the time. Is is kind of the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It, it's hard. It's hard. You got to prioritize stuff. I've gotten really good over the years from like, um, just a lot of time in reviews, just fucking putting my nose to the grindstone on stuff, and tuning out and just concentrating on whatever. I don't kick my ass the way I used to because we don't have very strict deadlines at this website in the way I have had in the past. <laughs> yeah, uh, editor's pretty chill. Um, Thanks, man. yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, you're never going to find time to, to play everything, but I try and at least dip my toe yeah. in everything and I can really carve time out and stuff when, when it gets down to it. And I don't sleep as much as I should. And that's, that's a bad thing. I just want to say that that's a very bad thing, but I'm going to continue to do it. You'll sleep when you're dead. Which will be two. like, yes, because it will be sometime <laughs> next week, the way things are going. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Is there well, like, do you have any method for when you are playing these games? Do you have any method for like prioritizing things or um, just is there a specific method to how you organize what you're going to play? Or is it just completely scattershot? Scattershot in the sense of um, I focus on Switch stuff during the week a lot because uh, I can bring my Switch to work with me and mm. play on breaks and continue taking notes. Um, 
years ago, one of my most famous tricks that everyone I am friends with is very familiar with is uh, every weekend when we would all go out, uh, I would insist we pregame at my place so I can continue playing video games before we leave for the bars. Um, they'd just be like, yeah, we're just going to go like uh, drink over at Rich's for a while because he's going to fucking play Mario or something. <laughs> and, you know, yep. simple, simple as that. It's cool that your friends are so accommodating. Yeah, no, they were down with it. It was, listen, I had one of the nicest places to be hanging out anyway, so it was fun. Not anymore. Depends. Um, it's fine. It's cold up here right now. Because the weather makes no sense. Uh It's going to go down like 20 degrees tonight. Never does. Uh, Josh. Time-wise, when you're dealing with these, because you and I have dealt with this a lot, not that Rich hasn't, I'm just saying that like we know we have both dealt with this a lot. How do you kind of deal with this when you just have game after game after game? Um, what do you do? Um, the opposite of what you do for money. Um, I quit stuff. Um, yeah, if, 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 I'm, if, I'm not, if I'm not absolutely in love with something, like I, I I just won't finish it. Um, not strictly. There's still stuff that I'll see through just because I'm curious to see where it's going. Like I feel like there's enough value in finishing it. Um, but I don't feel that sort of external pressure to finish all of them just because there's another game I could be playing always. Um, and that sort of makes it easier to, um, you know, feel like I'm not just throwing money away at the at the thing, which which I am, but I'm gonna run out of time long before I run out of money. Is kind right. of you know. That, that, that's happening regardless. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Playing games or not, I'm running out of time. So I, I'm happier kind of dropping something if I'm not having a good time with it. Um, mm. or, or just, not even if I'm not having a good time with it, but I've, if, if it's, you know. Um, I, I get a, what a, you're... a lot of like the kind of... Uh, Big AAA games, you can tell what they are. Like, ooh, that's neat. I'm, I've enjoyed my whole time with this first quarter of the game. I've seen this a million other times. There's not, not much of a reason to continue playing it at that point. Um, sort of a thing. Um, if, if you can see where this game is going from where you are in it, sometimes that's another spot where I'll be like, okay, it's, it's, it's time to move on and try something different. Right. I I think that's interesting because it's really hard for me to give up on a game if I've spent money on it. And mm. I'm I, I agree up. with you, though, that like there have been times where I will do that because to me, my time is more valuable than my money at the end of the day. I think yeah. time, I think it goes without saying most people will value time more than money. That's actually not true in the current economy, but it should be. It should be. Um, yeah. But that being said, I, I think for me, and it's, it's becoming more and more true as I get older, that 
I'm starting, like, I still love video games and I love gaming and I love what we do here. But I also realize that if it takes away from the things I also want to be doing, yeah. and it takes away from the things that I know I have a limited time to do, I'm okay with putting it on the back burner at the end of the day. Um, yeah. So that's something that I've really felt this year is that, you know, at, at the start of the year, I, I played some video games that I had been meaning to play for quite some time, like Breath of the Wild was one of those games that I really wanted to play for years, and I finally got to play that um, at the end of the last year and the beginning of this year. I... You said shit. <laughs> I was able to play through and really enjoy Pokemon Legends Arceus. That was an unexpected treat. Um, but I also realized that, you know, I, there are other things I want to be doing. Like, I want to play basketball when I have free time because I know that my body will only be able to handle it for so long. I can play video games into my 50s and 60s. I could possibly play basketball in my, into my 50s and 60s. I don't know that, though. I'm so, definitely going to die in my 40s, so it's kind of a non-starter for me. <laughs> is that... Oh, I can't tell if you're joking or serious. We'll unpack no, it's that after the, the show. it's the curse. The curse of New York? The no, curse no. Of the pizza you're, mouse? You're confused. That's, the pizza rat? That you're thinking of the curse of the New York Knicks, which is totally different. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Better to be the Knicks than the than the Nets. Like people forget that the New York Knicks were actually cursed by a wizard. It's crazy. Is that was that uh, Lil B? I See mean, the wizard you're speaking of? No, like there was a lit- literal wizard who cursed the New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten about that. Everybody always forgets about it. I, I think, Rich, I think we're getting to the point of obscure references that maybe like five. It's an obscure. It, it's so obscure. It's completely fabricated. Well, I, I wasn't being obscure. I was no, no, no. Of- I, I know what you're talking about, but I just really wanted to. <laughs> about we, we the really Knicks, right? Yeah. We, yeah. Go yeah, off, York Queen. Knicks, basketball. Anyways. Um, Bagels. So for. I know, right? They're so good here. <laughs> <laughs> people so, are always like oh bagels i love them I'm like you haven't had a bagel dipshit that was a piece of pizza you idiot. your water's disgusting go to hell and mine just broke now um i uh, so i for me it's a, it's all a balancing act and of course i want to play these games i want to play elden ring i want to play kirby i want to play tunic but I know those games aren't going to just magically disappear. I'll be able to play them. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, for me, if I don't get to play those games, it's not like the world ends. Um, it's not the end all be all, you know? So yeah. for, for me, I've had to really change my priorities over the past year to two because, um, you know, actually one of the big catalysts for me uh, this is very introspective. It's like with what everything that happened last year with Sword Chomp, um, I realized that, you know, sometimes things are just like beyond your control. And regardless of how much time and energy you put into something, sometimes it just doesn't pan out the way you expect it to and the way you want it to. And yeah, for me, I was like, I was getting so mentally and emotionally wrapped up in everything we do here at sword chomp and just playing all the popular games that i was like man i've really just been kind of like keeping myself away from the other things i want to be doing too yeah and so 
I kind of had to reevaluate. And for me, it was like deciding, hey, you, you can enjoy video games. You can have fun with video games, but you don't really need to stress out about playing the most popular new video game. Because at the end of the day, who really gives a fuck what me, what I have to say about this thing? Like, is, is this really going to hold weight at the end of the day? Maybe More. a little bit. Maybe, maybe like a feather's worth of weight. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if I have just the most cutting edge opinion on something that just came out. Because I'm going to be shouting into a cacophony of other voices trying to do the same thing. But also the beauty of it is, Shay, is we've reached a point for ourselves where when asked the question, does anyone really care about my opinion? The answer is more people than should. Uh -huh. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that may be true. That may be true. But I, I just don't feel as compelled as I did 10 years ago to play the most recent thing and be a part of the conversation because that, that's just not what I look for. Like, look forward to the most in my life. Like, I like being mm. a part of the conversation. I like those conversations. I like the conversations we have here, especially when it's something we've all played and we have vastly different opinions. It's cool to kind of hear what middle ground we find and where we diverge. I always enjoy those yeah. conversations. That being said, I don't feel as compelled to make sure I'm on top of everything. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes I like to be a no, bottom, I Rich. I think that's healthy. A uh, power bottom? I'm, yeah. a power, I'm a power bottom because I'm on the bottom, but I'm generating most of the power. Um, I'm in the power chair most watching of that is the power lost bottom. Heat. It's yeah, it's, we're it's all just friction, Very baby. inefficient. Um, I think that's healthy. Uh, I've been trying to uh, push myself more recently to put some stuff on the back burner and uh, enjoy some of my other hobbies a little bit more. Uh, so I've been exercising a little bit more again. I've been trying to get back into music a little bit more because I haven't done as much with that as I would have liked the past few years. Same, um, same, man. Fucking all, same. All bets are off in March and April, though. Like, fucking, it's to the dogs. All we're doing yeah. is video games. <laughs> they made a Final Fantasy game. It is stupid as fuck, and I want to play it more than anything. Yeah, yeah I really need to get around to that at some point. Your, your opinions are on that, Rich. I, I know a lot. Yeah, I've got I've to get in there and talk about that stuff a little bit more because uh, it's... It's fucking wild. I really need to carve some time out for that one. Ugh. Yeah, well, when we find time. But, I, I'm, I'm hoping by next week I could find some time for that one, just to give everybody a little taste, because know that I have <laughs> dipped a toe, and uh, <laughs> yeah. there's some stuff going on in that game. <laughs> I know you're going to love it, Rich, because it's so bad um, that it's I'll, good. I'll also tease, tease this. Uh, well, the thing is, I don't think I'd be as into it if like all the research I've done has suggested that, like, that game at its base, and I won't spoil anything for anyone, but if you know who the main character's full name is, there's some real, like, ramifications for what that means for Final Fantasy 1, and apparently all that stuff pays off in a really satisfying <laughs> way at the end, and that's intriguing as hell to me. Um, as a little slight tease while we're in here, because it makes sense here, uh, all the talk around that game has actually inspired uh, what Chomping at the Bits is going to be doing in April, so in April we'll be talking about Final Fantasy 1. All right. That's as it should be. That is as it should be. But um let's go ahead. I mean, do you guys have any final thoughts about this topic? I I mean, like 
to, to kind of wrap it all together, I don't think there's like a catch all answer for this. You need to find the things that work for you. And a lot of the solutions are just don't sweat it, man. Just do what you can do and do what feels most important to you at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we, we've mentioned it several times before, but something like game pass is a great way. Best value to, to, to for not a lot of money, get access to new, not, not all of them, but a lot of new games. And then past that point, they've got a lot of other bigger games that are, you know, a year or so old. Um, if if money's your problem, that's that's a good option. If if time Try is, a your, different country. is your problem, um watch watch let's plays while you're at work or something. Um That's that's one thing I wanted to mention. I'm really glad you brought that up. Um yeah, because that's that's something I'll do. Like I'll multitask. Like, oh man, I I'm currently playing another game that I'm interested that or that I, you know, decided to play. But I'm curious about this other thing. So like there are a few people that I know that um, like okay, I just I, I want to watch them play this game, see if it's something that I end up wanting to eventually play or not. Um, that's kind of a you know you, you don't have to be multitasking playing games. You could like I said, you could do it at work or wherever else. I I I th- I think that streaming games has a bigger place. Uh, than I originally thought it was going to whenever all that started. Uh, just from the, you can't play everything sort of standpoint. You, a, you don't have the time. B, you might not have, enough, might not have the money for it either because that's still, you know, a free way to do that as well. So that also kind of addresses that. But that's, it, it's, it's a different enough thing that, I don't know, I, at least personally I see it as more of a addressing the time side of it more for me anyway. Um, sort of a solution i mean it kind of addresses both of them i'm granted not you're saying for you but let's plays and streams are a really good way for yeah not only for you to see if there's a game you like but maybe you're like oh this game is interesting i don't think i would spend the money or the time to play it but i'm okay with watching someone else so for example it's in the morning i'm cooking my breakfast i don't do this but i could potentially it's like oh, I know I'm not going to have time to play this game. Let me watch someone else do it. So I watch it in increments yeah. while I make my breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not? That's now, a great th- idea. <laughs> thank you so much. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, Stranger of Paradise, that Final Fantasy game, I will probably never play that game. But if I take the time to watch some of it, I can at least be a part of the conversation with Rich still in some capacity. Man, I should I'm stream so- that. That game would be hilarious to stream. I, I think you should. Whether you find the time is a something completely different, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's there's some value in that. Is being okay with with let's plays and um and stream sh- watching streams of it. And I know this is actually a, a di- disagreement we've had in the past about this, but I think that there is a lot of value in that. Like you're still a part of the conversation. No, you may not be pressing the buttons, making the choices, but you still are experiencing that art form in some way. And -hmm. I think there is value in that in terms of having a discussion, being a part of the zeitgeist, especially like in these these kinds of moments where there are so many games coming out. You have to 
save your money. You have to, you have to allocate your time, but you still want to be a part of that conversation. There are ways to go about that. And I think that we should be more understanding of that going forward is that, um, you know, we, we have, we have problems. There are things like inflation. There are things like world po- problems that are trying to be currently solved by many, and real many problems. Yeah. There, there are real world problems. And yeah. to not, to not get pissy at people who sometimes use let's plays or streams to be a part of the conversation. I think Shay, that- if you don't buy every game, how will the CEO of Epic get his third yacht? Well, I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't think know. about that. That your actions affect other people. Your actions affect billionaires. He's going to have to steal money from someone else to get that third yacht. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. But... We're sorry, Tim Sweeney. We let you down. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I hear the name Tim Sweeney, I think of Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. But it's not the actual movie. I think about uh, Andy's performance <laughs> of Sweeney Todd in The Office. I think about Stephen Sondheim. That's fair. Every yep, time you say it. that, I think of a sauna. I'd like, it too. I'd like to go to a sauna. They're pretty nasty germs-wise, but have I'd a, Have like a nice schwitz. You ever... This is a really weird thing, but like talking about saunas and places reminded me. You ever be at like a real place in the world and all the things that are around you in close enough Every proximity day. that you're like, this place shouldn't exist. Like every day. Th- there's a mall near me that is like it's like, okay, so here's the mall, there's a food court above us, and there's a very large arcade below us. This is the hub area from a persona game. This isn't a real place. Uh-huh. Every day. Nothing about it makes any sense. Sorry about that. <laughs> nah, you're good. You're good. We have those moments, but I think I think we pretty much closed the topic out. I didn't we, we open have it. Combination to... fast food restaurants here in America. That, like that's that's kind of a. Well, sometimes I'm very drunk I'm, during the day. I'm not convinced day. that anyone actually built them. I I kind of think that two timelines just kind of got a little mixed up. There is is what happened, bro. With that most pizza of those. Taco Bell doesn't count. It's a Pizza Hut Express. You can only get the personal pans. That's uh-huh. just a Taco Bell where you can get a pepperoni pizza if you wanted. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I did. I did open. The... I don't know what to say to that. There's, there's, there's nothing to say. There's yeah, no good response. I'm just going to move forward. I, I apologize uh, to you. Uh-huh. No, nah, you don't need to apologize. I did open the topic to the fans this week just because I knew it was going to be a really big show. And so I wanted to trim some some time somewhere so i didn't open it to the fans this week so that's going to be and the end of the topic this week you let me um, you, you let me down thank you thank you rich you're welcome Trim, trimming okay. some fat there i, I was yeah. waiting for you to say it so i could give you lots of shit for calling our fans fat <laughs> that's that's <laughs> He's dancing around it that motherfucker uh-huh <laughs> I wasn't going to call it trimming it fat because I don't mm-hmm. view that as trimming fat. <laughs> but we got to trim the time somewhere. Uh, I mean, it can't be a four hour show every week. Mm-hmm. So, had to think about that. But Starting next week, four hours every week. <laughs> every day. We're going to tell all that. That sounds like hell. It's a, we're just, we ran out of things to talk about by day two. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, anyways, we're going to go on a quick commercial break. 
and we'll be right back to talk about some video games we've been playing so stick around Shay Shay you there yeah what's up I don't know if Josh can hear us. I hacked into his edit of the podcast so we could plug the other shows. Quick, we got, you got you to tell me what kind of new shows we have on the horizon. What's going on? What's in the feed? Okay, so it was like I was saying to my friend the other day that freedom isn't free, bitch. That's a reference for no one, but that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you about new episodes of Evoking the Sublime. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that podcast that I recently got three new episodes up on. Yeah. Thanks for pitching that, man. Thanks for plugging that. No, I am legally obligated to. Well, I heard you got some episodes up on uh, Jumping at the Bits. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we got a new one up on Kirby, where we talk about all about his history, his first two games in depth, and his just general facts about him overall. Oh, oh shit, here comes Josh. Uh, Josh, we were just we were just telling the people about uh, Chomping After Dark and nothing else like you requested. Maybe, maybe you could tell them a little bit about that. Chomping After Dark... Yeah, yeah you, you remember that. In, yeah, you know that one. While I'm editing, how, how did you get here? It's not important. The point is, Chopping After Dark is a show where we spoil video games and sometimes movies. I heard we do comic books occasionally and TV shows, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Occasionally we do do those things. Yeah, and you said doo-doo. <laughs> I did say doo-doo. It's funny because it comes from your butt. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, anyways, Josh, we'll let you get back to editing. Sorry about interrupting you. Okay, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else that we love so dearly. Thank you for being here. We're going to talk about some games we've been playing now. That's right. First, we're going to be talking about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. But it doesn't seem to be so forgotten as we're talking about it right now. Rich. Yes. Josh. Who? Only Rich. I'm here. <laughs> Did both of you play this game or just Rich? What what did you lead into this with? Kirby. Kirby. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you're listening to me. I appreciate that. No, no I'm, Kirby I'm totally and- listening. It's just uh you said something about Josh and I, I wasn't anyway. It's all good. Very so distracting. both of you play Kirby or just Josh? Or just <laughs> I played Kirby. <laughs> Alright. Kirby played himself. <laughs> I played myself, too. No, Josh, did you play Kirby? Uh, I mean, I've not finished it, but yes, I've played what I could in the last day since it's been out. Okay. Yeah. Jo- Josh and Rich, how far are you guys into it? I got like four hours in? I have no idea time-wise, but I uh, finished that first series of levels. That- I'm in the th- world three. World, world three or level three, world three. So like, opening up, like, I've I've beaten two bosses. Okay, okay, okay. I I've spent way more time in the first one, but like hundred percenting the first area instead of moving on. Sure, which I I, I just think I'm finished. only missing like one Waddle D in the first world, but I will mm-hmm. go back eventually. Um, this is a pretty good Kirby game. Um, yeah, it is. I've been on a lot of Kirby on the mind. We just did a chomping at the bits about Kirby to lead into Kirby's 30th and this game. Um, 
Kirby's doing pretty well, I think, in his first 3D. There's a lot of Mario Odyssey notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a seamless world in that sense. It is very much a level-based Kirby game, but it's a damn good one. Um, I'm curious, because I didn't even know this was a thing going in, uh, and I know you have the kiddos over there, Josh. Have you uh, done any of the co-op in this? I've not yet. Um, we've got folks in house at the moment so that the kids have kind of been occupied sure but, uh, yeah I, I definitely need to check that out um you're you're playing as like a sword waddle d so i'm, I'm kind spear of a spear waddle d i believe his name is literally spear waddle d spear waddle d yeah um so i'm i'm assuming that you you know don't fight have differently like the, the um power access yeah, yeah, like you can't eat enemies. I imagine you're just going to have the sword. Yeah. Seems like he just has like a unique kit with this spear. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a hub world, which is a Waddle Dee village, village you are rebuilding. Um, Kirby's been transported uh, to what appears to be some version of our world post-apocalypse. <laughs> um, and he's saving all the... Yeah. It could just be his world, because it, it, I don't know. A lot of the games seem somewhat vaguely post-apocalyptic. Planet Popstar does not seem to ever have, like, big buildings like no, this. Like, no. this doesn't look like Dreamland. No, like... A lot of the other Kirby games seem closer to, like, like an Adventure Time. Like, only, you know, tiny things you'll notice here or there. Like, sure. Obviously, they they leaned into it way more as it went on, but kind of like early on, you're like, "Oh, this is just fantasy," and then you realize, "Oh, hey, like what? what that's a strip mall. What what's that doing there? Um, there? There is a strip mall in this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if you notice anything like stand. Like, I think it plays great. The power sets are fun. Uh, one of the things they introduced pretty early on, you, you I feel like you probably should have seen this at this point, Josh. Um, have you unlocked the Waddle D shop, like the power yes. shop? Yes, I I really like this system because this is kind of a new venture for Kirby. Um, You can upgrade your copy abilities in this um, based off like doing certain treasure hunts to get like ability path upgrades. Like, for example, um, I upgraded my Kirby's basic fire copy ability where he absorbs a fire based enemy and then can, you know, shoot fire was upgraded to a magma ability. So now when Kirby absorbs a fire based ability, he gets like a volcano head and does stronger fire attacks. Yeah. Um, and every copy ability seems to have a similar path like that, which is a neat idea to kind of keep things feeling fresh as you progress. Yeah, they're all basically the same, but with like tweaks on them. Like the the magma kind of shoots out the kind of bouncing fireballs instead of just like a fire breath type thing. Yeah. So it's it's a stronger, like you said, but then also it's a little bit more range as well, which makes it, you know, feel feel different. Yeah, and, like, the blade cutter turns into the chakram cutter, where you can then, like, they have a wider base of attack, and you can throw two at once. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I don't, I haven't seen too many of the other ones just yet, but... Yeah, there are also a bunch of, like, kind of hidden moves in, in, the, in the kits that I've noticed, that actually, if you talk to the shopkeeper once you're wearing a thing, he'll, he'll tell you about them, but you can also just figure them out on your own. Sure. Um, things, things like, uh... That, that powered up chakram thing, you can throw out one of them, and if you hold the button down, it'll just stay in place. Yes. And charge up until it's really strong. 
um, that you can then, you know, kind of keep it in one spot. Not, the enemies are smart enough not to walk into it, but then whenever you release, it'll come back to you and it'll hit really hard uh, after, after charging it up like that. Um, yeah, a few, few little things like that kind of hidden with other ones. Uh, like the fire one, you've got an air, like, dash attack with it. Yes, um, yes. As well. The- there's a lot of I, I'm sure they'll expand upon that stuff more as it keeps going too because Kirby's always had a history of being like very contextual with its copy abilities like mm-hmm. in like the original Kirby's Dreamland series there were like animal companions that recontextualized copy abilities there's there's always stuff like that yeah oh oh another one one of my favorites so far is the the sword copy um you you've got dodges and like slides in this one if you're using the sword ability your slide lunges forward with the sword, and also, if you double tap it at the end of that, you'll launch yourself up into the air. So you'll get like a two-hit combo. You with can kind of juggle, yeah. Thing. Yeah, and at which point you can then use the, you know, like the air sword attacks. It's, it's really cool. Like, it's, it's, none of it's necessary, but it's just, it's neat that it's that flexible. Um, and how are you liking the, I'm really liking the mouthful mode stuff because they're getting more inventive with it than I expected out the gate. Yeah. Uh, like within like the first three levels, there's more stuff than they showed in any of those demos. Um, yes. Up to the point of like Kirby sucking up a staircase and his only ability with it being fall just, just over. Fall over. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've liked them so far. Some of them, I mean like the staircase is just hilarious. Um. Some of them play better than others. I mean, they, they showed off the car for a reason. Those always feel great whenever yeah, you're controlling it, the car. It feels weirdly great to be driving as Kirby. Um, there's one I really liked where you absorbed the, like, O from, like, the top of a rooftop, like, yeah. display sign, and it just basically turns you into a giant air cannon. Yeah, yeah, like, what? yeah. Um, yeah, kind of... Similar power set to like the leaf from Zelda. Yes. Sort of yeah, a, exactly. Sort of a thing. Uh, but there's there's cool ideas here. I mean, it feels really good to play. It's quick and punchy and it's it's def- I'm going to see this through just because oh, whenever yeah. I pick it up, I, I can't help but do like four levels at once. Like it's that fun to play. Um, there's really adorable animations when you hang out in the Waddle D village. You can go to Kirby's house. Oh, and yeah. go to bed and he puts on his little nightcap and falls out and it's adorable. <laughs> he just can't stay in that bed. He falls, he falls, tries to fall asleep and he falls out. That's funny. Um, speaking of it being ridiculously charming like that, your D-pad is just dedicated to emotes. You, yes. You, you've got four emotes just on your D-pad in case you ever need to wave hi to someone as you're, you know, going through a level. Uh, Which you will have to do a lot, naturally. Mm-hmm. You're, you're Kirby. Exactly. You're there for murder, but you're also happy to see everyone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with this being... It does not feel like the first 3D Kirby game. Like but this, also, yeah, that's just it. Like, it's, it doesn't feel like the first time they've done this, and it makes you go, why didn't they do this sooner? Because it works so well. Kirby's still such a great character, and I'm, I'm happy to see so many people talking about a Kirby game, because Kirby games often feel swept under the rug a lot of the time. Yeah, that's actually a question I had for you guys is, do you feel like this is granted? I played only the demo and it was a lot of fun, but and I like you like you just said, Rich, I'm glad that people are talking about it. Does it feel like it's a little like too little too late to have Kirby finally be 
in 3D? I don't or... think so. I, I think enough people... I, I think it's... Uh, and if you if anyone's interested in listening to the newest episode of Chomping at the Bits where we talk about Kirby, uh, we talk about this a little bit. I don't think anything is ever really too little too late for Kirby because there's a boatload of people who've never played a Kirby game who know who Kirby is because of Super Smash Brothers. Because Kirby is like that fucking king of Smash. And that's something we talk about a lot in that episode is Kirby's always in the conversation because even the whole way through this most recent Smash Brothers cycle, every time a new character comes out in Smash, the conversation that also comes along with it is, What's Kirby going to get? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Like every time a new character comes out, Kirby gets a new piece for his kit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the thing I would say too is I think that Kirby it was kind of a loaded question because I know here in Japan Kirby is such a cultural phenomenon. Um Kirby's popularity extends beyond the games. I have a lot of students who love Kirby, the character, who have never played a Kirby game like you're saying. That is the manga is very popular, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So uh, Kir- Kirby's popularity transcends the games, and I think a new Kirby game is always going to have the potential, like you said, Rich, to bring new people into the fold. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. it's there's more, definitely more so in Japan than in the US, but even in the United States, like, Kirby has a familiarity that transcends his games that's almost like. And I think people even in the U.S. do like I know there's a lot of people who um, I had a conversation with my mother about Kirby, actually, because I was talking about it. (laughs) And um, she always thought Kirby was just like a Hello Kitty kind of thing. Like she thought he was just like a popular Japanese mascot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's Kirby's pretty cool. Kirby's cool. I like Kirby and I'm glad that Kirby's getting its spotlight in 2022. Yeah, Not something I would yep. have ever actually expected. Well, well overdue. Um, and I like to boot. I think it's an excellent game. I've only put a few hours in, but like so far, it's it's really fun. It's really punchy. It, it's just it's a delight to play. And I cannot wait to play more of it. Yeah, Agreed. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the the. I'm going to get addicted to that capsule toy thing, Josh, for anyone who's, who hasn't mm. played it yet. There's um capsule toys of like every basically in the the Waddle Dee Hub world. Sometimes you just find capsules in levels, but there's like a big capsule toy machine at the back of the village. And yeah, there yeah. is a toy for every character, every item in the fucking game. And you can put yeah. coins you pick up in the levels to just turn the capsule toy machine and try and get every capsule and you can display them inside Kirby's house in the village. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of, um, the game is, the game is weird. Like it it is, it is a obviously kind of collect-a-thon platformer, you know, like, like we expected. But also, the bosses. Um, Kirby has like a dodge roll with iframes and everything that makes the the bosses. Like you mentioned, how many bosses you were in, but we didn't really talk about them. The bosses feel way more like kind of grand scale boss 
encounters than you, you typically get with, you know, like the three hit Mario boss type well, stuff. To, Kirby's kind of always been that way. Like, y- yeah, yeah. When, when you talk about like uh, Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland, which was like the GBA remake of Kirby's Adventure. Yeah. The one change they made to that game, apart from redesigning it graphically, was the bosses are harder now. Because <laughs> yeah, that's what and, people and, want out of those games. Yeah. And that's that's here as well. But like. Oh my god, the dodge roll is just the most satisfying thing because it is you've got fucking witch time from Bayonetta. If you dodge at the last second, you, time will slow and you'll be able to get a bunch yeah. of hits in. <laughs> One thing I'm very curious about um to see if it comes in this game cuz I I really hope it's there. Mm-hmm. Um and pretty much every Kirby game since like the GBA days has had this. Most Kirby games have something called a nightmare mode, which is when you beat the game, you can typically replay it as Meta Knight and it is much harder. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if that'll be present in this game. And I really I'm hope it is. I'm suspecting it might be because the, the bosses, uh, the, the other thing going on there with, with collecting the Waddle Dees and whatnot is that you've got like different challenges in the levels to, to collect them all, which has always been a, a Kirby thing. Like that's yeah. Yeah. The make your own difficulty. Nature of Kirby has always been like, just beat the level, but also here's some harder stuff to try. For. Yeah. But like specifically for the bosses, they'll have challenges like use this power up to, yeah. to beat the boss or beat the boss without getting hit. Or um, yeah, like that first boss. I know one of the challenges is to slide between his legs while you're fighting him and dodge. Yeah. 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 Like it's just, it seems like they're very much leaning into that and kind of getting you re- used to the idea and ready for the heart quote unquote hard mode run, run of it where it's like you're yeah. Meta Knight locked in with certain abilities and this is yep. I really hope that's in there. I really I hope do it too. is. I'm 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 excited to see if it is or not. But even if it's not, a lot of those challenges are are still fun. Like just beating that first boss without getting hit is is really fun. It's just it's it's a it's a really good boss uh to kind of get you used to that yeah weird set of you know you're playing a console platformer but also it's like an action game so Mm. yeah i I definitely want to get some time into it when i eventually find the time (laughs) so yeah i think it's it's one the demo was awesome i think it's one yeah you'll you'll definitely enjoy shay like i mean i think that demo sold you enough but uh you know even if you have to wait for a sale for it which i can totally fucking respect um this is another great platformer for the switch and it's nice to see kirby getting uh a big title like this uh on the console mm-hmm. yeah more more uh switch titles is always a good thing i think also slamming uh fucking slamming music video at the start after that first level introduction huh yes. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> real yes, good yes, stuff yes, from yes. kirby uh that Thank was you, so good kirby. All right, well, let's jump into the next game. Uh, Rich, you played some Ghostwire Tokyo. Josh, did you also play this game? Yes, I'm... 10 hours? Oh, God, you played a lot more than me. No, not quite. <laughs> not, not ten. I'm, I'm like seven hours in. I'm like three, I want to say. Um, yeah, man. Uh, Tell I'm... me about it. Tell me about this game. Should I pick it up? Why should I pick it up? I like it. I don't know if it's one you got to rush out and pick up with so much going on. A um, lot of sort of like Bioshock horror-esque tones to it. But uh, I think it takes a while to like start feeling fluid. Um, 
don't know how, how you feel about that, Josh. Like, I feel like your power set at the start feels a little stiff in combat. Yes, it, it kind of stays stiff. Um, you get better <laughs> options um, as far as... You're, you're, the first thing you start with is like a fairly long range. Um, just just plink away at enemies sort of a thing. And so it's just... Finger it's, guns. Yeah, it's not really that, you know, interactive. Like you back up, keep distance, and just keep smacking them with stuff. You can charge up attacks so you're much more efficient with your ammo mm-hmm. if you want to. Um, there's but, so many smooth animations that make me feel like it should be more fluid than it is. Oh, the animations I, are excellent considering everything going on, like in like the first person hand animations they're doing. And, and really I don't think impressive, but I don't think any of it like feels bad. It just feels a little oh, more no, ri- no. rigid than I was expecting. But we um, we should probably do like the floor pitch, I think, for people that don't even yeah, know what yeah. this game is, because so, we skipped over that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which we kind of mentioned this, uh, you know a while ago when we were trying to figure out what the hell the floor pitch even was. Oh, and it, you're playing in Japanese too, right? You're not a sinner? Yes. Okay, yeah. good. Um, distracted me. Anyway, it is, it is a... It's a, uh, I, it's a, it's a horror game. It's an open world, I, horror adjacent. It horror, is horror adjacent. It, it's kind of like much you said less with Bioshock. That sort of Bioshock is is the that sort of horror. Like yes, you are, yeah, it, you are powerful that... in a horrible situation. Yes, um, yeah. If I had to actually fully encapture the tone of it, uh, it feels like if Shin Megami Tensei were an action game. Hmm. Or, or if Yakuza was a first-person game, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, I mean, I mean, I meant tonally. Tonally, not yeah, no, it's not exactly the same tone, but it's it's similar. Once, uh, this is an open-world Ubisoft game, basically. Once you get there. Um, with lots of side quests and and stuff to find all over the place, and granted, you don't have the life kind of happening around the city like you do in Yakuza, because there's you know been like this supernatural attack, but you find ghosts of people who have stuff going on around the town, and you solve their problems. Sort of Yakuza kinda- adjacent. You help spirits to yeah. move on, and your only other interactions behind those spirits are like yokai, which might be some of my favorite like interactions. Yeah. Like all the convenience stores are now run by Nikomata yokai. Yeah. So just these little floating cats in samurai armor who are like, oh, a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, the grapple points to to swing up to buildings are, are just tengu. Are tengu, yeah. Um, which feels a little stiff i've noticed that, that felt one... very rigid you have to be at, like just the right angle to see them properly yeah and... i've noticed that like the second grapple upgrade is just you don't have to aim at one you just you aim up and push the button as if you were grappling to a tengu and one will just appear there and you grapple to where you were aiming which yeah it kind of feels like that should have went i mean i under- i understand you know opening stuff up 
as it goes. But like, that it feels vital to me. Yeah, that that like, I'm gonna want that ASAP. I wanted to lob one criticism because I do think this game is fun, and I'm excited to see where the story goes. This and mentioning like the Bioshock comparison, I feel like this game would have benefited from not being an open world game. Yeah, because some of the coolest bits, uh, like early on, there's a segment where you are exploring an yeah. apartment. Um, and basically the apartment gets like warped with like this netherworld portal. And there's a whole sequence where like the rooms are like turning and kind of like bending it's around really you. Cool. And that stuff's awesome. And I'm kind of like, ooh, they should have just gone with More some straightforward level design and just honed in on a ton of this rather than making this. This game doesn't feel like it needs to be in an open world. Yes, but um, the open world stuff runs great. Um, and it's a very, very pretty version of Tokyo. Yes. Uh, like, I, I like, I like being, point, point what I was getting there was, was everything runs well. I, I don't know if they've got an issue with like how they're culling things, but the issues I've had with slowdown in this game have been in those smaller houses where they're like, let's put a bunch of different models in here that we don't properly load or something. I, I don't know what's going on, but I've had the frame rate just start to tank. Where are you it, playing it? On PC, but I'm, that's I'm playing everywhere. on PS5. Yeah. Well, then I haven't, I haven't put enough time in it to it to yeah. really experience what you're um, talking about. There's, there's but, a, mm. you'll, you'll find a hoarder's house that I'm expecting should tank your frame rate as well as there are a couple like, uh, like, kind of like warehouse type places that do similar things it's it's i don't know i don't know what's going on it seems like there's some very unoptimized stuff in places that should be addressed hopefully soon um because most of it runs great um it's just occasionally it'll just it'll have a moment um and it's really noticeable because it's not like yeah Oh, we got to a new area and it's loading poorly and then it'll be over. Like I've had a few of these houses where it's, it's funny because if like I turn around, like I've, I've been playing it some with keyboard and mouse, some with controller, which the, the controller feels weird. Um, I'm, um, I mean, I'm playing on PS5 and I, I think it feels fine with controller. It's... It feels like it's got some really weird acceleration going on with with how it's handling the aiming. Um, but anyway, point point being, like some of these areas I've noticed, I'll go into hold the stick right, and I'll be turning around, and it'll be going smooth, smooth, and then just chug as it gets to a certain spot every single time. Like, mm-hmm. like not... Anyway. Um... And that's that's regardless of what settings I put it on. So it's not like a GPU issue. There's something going on, either buggy or like they screwed something up. Is what's going on. Like it's it's not like oh this is pushing the system too hard. It's mm-hmm. it's just literally a mistake happened somewhere in this room that's sure. just killing it. Sort of all all uh um when I mentioned that issue with the 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 bug daughters in uh resident evil last year where it turns out i can't remember if i've ever talked about this on on the podcast but what that was was their drm bullshit because i think we did discuss this i couldn't remember yeah yeah but anyway their their drm was checking on damage being dealt 
and the way those bugs hit you was like a constant stream of damage hitting you that was causing the frame rate to tank whenever they showed up in the game. Um, and this, I, I'm, I'm not saying that this is a DRM, but this feels very similar. Like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's not like all the, you know, everything gets really, really pretty all of a sudden. And like, oh, it makes sense for this to, to tank. Like, there were, like, this, this is not like something kind of like in, like in Guardians of the Galaxy where you get to the city. And there's so much stuff going on that it kind of makes sense that the frame rate would dip a little bit. It's like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in someone's apartment, it'll just shit the bed. Sure. Um, so there's, 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 anyway, it's, hope, point being, that's something that's patchable if they can figure out what's causing it to do this. Um, mm-hmm. Similar okay. to a lot of the issues with Elden Ring at launch where okay you know it's it's not like horribly unoptimized it's just that there's something going wrong here and there with the way okay. it's doing something um right right which for, Listen, from what i've from what i've seen is on every platform like it's mm. it's pc no matter what your specs are it's on ps5 right uh, but it's, it's just it's be. very Thanks. intermittent whenever it shows up so okay sure okay so what what are some of the high points of this game so far for both of you guys? It's very pretty. A, I mean, it's it's very pretty. It's it's kind of hit or miss on that. I've noticed like ray tracing is great. The 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 city is gorgeous. Yeah. You've got dogs and cats to like talk to and they kind of look early PS4 type okay. dogs and cats. I, I it's weird. Oh, I thought I thought it looked pretty good. I I haven't noticed anything. <laughs> I don't know. I I think they look significantly worse than everything going on, like architecturally and everything. That that sure. looks really really good. Okay. I, I don't know. I mean, I, some I of just that don't think those dogs look that great. I I think some of that lighting for like the Shibuya at night and stuff looks fucking gorgeous. Like this game is this game is real real nice to look at. Yeah. Um, but mostly, like I said, I'm early hours. I've just been in the streets fighting Slender Men. Um, yeah, yeah, and the oh, speaking of which, I wanted to get back to the combat. Um, you get like a fireball that pierces stuff, which gives you an extra thing to think about with the combat. You get a water attack that's like a close range slashing thing, Mm -hmm. which I think really does the game a lot of favors because I think where the game works the best is when enemies are closer to you because you can then, um, Blocking reduces damage, but if you perfect block, you like it. You don't. It's not like a parry, parry where you completely stun the enemies, but you'll kind of knock them back a little bit, um, and you won't take any damage. And then you can also upgrade that so you get a little bit of ammo back whenever you do that. Um, but but again, that kind of rewards you being closer up, and that initial weapon they give you. Is not made for that, um, and I I feel like it's that, very, I feel that, like, that wind attack is very ranged. Yeah, I I feel like the the water attack is kind of where the combat starts to come together, um, as far as making all the different pieces play well mm-hmm. with each other. Um, yeah, yeah. It, okay. At least at least to me, like you could play it 
however you want, like using the wind attacks to stay out of range. You also get like a bow, which is just also ranged, but much stronger. Um, yeah, that, that bow packs a punch for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like it playing it more as like a first person brawler. Like once you get that water attack and using the perfect parries and there's so many, um, consumable items to get your health back to just get in enemies faces and, you know, use your consumables, use the, use the parries, everything like that. I think it plays best that way, but they don't force you into it, which is kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it would have been better to really lean into what it does best, or if that's just a, I like the play style better sort of a thing. Mm. Um, but it, it, I don't know. I, I feel like it's more cohesive. Sure. Like that anyway. Granted, I mean, obviously they've got some flying enemies and stuff like that where you can't be up in close range and some of them will do like bullet hell type attacks you've got to dodge. So like there's, there's room for it to not just be a close range sort of a combat thing, but we'll, we'll see. I, I think they still have more enemy types to throw at me. We'll kind of see where it evolves from there, but I'm definitely liking that sort of in your face combat style the most sure. of what they've shown me so far sure okay how's the store the story been so far uh i i mean i'm early but like the the setup is pretty simple i know there's like a tie-in like free visual novel thing that there, actually sets the stage that I there didn't is read. i've not played that yet nor have i um, um but basically where the game starts is the main character who you're playing as is dead at the outset of it um, something has or happened. Almost. He's mostly dead. Yeah. Um, so you, he's been in a car accident. He was hit on his bike. Um, and something is happening in Tokyo where like this mist is rolling in and people are being transported to a spirit realm. Um, another character basically possesses you who you learn more about as you go on this character, KK, and is sort of this voice in your head, sharing your body with you and helping you get these spiritual powers to try and stop the the entity that is causing all of this. And you're you're basically reluctantly agreeing to help him because the the person causing all of this this has um kidnapped your sister who was in a coma. You were on, on your way to the hospital to visit her, and for some reason she is one of the only people who has not like lost her body and been transferred to spirit form when this happened, and that is why this this other character has taken an interest in her. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. So, is it kind of, kind of like wacky and wild, or is it more? Does it take itself a little seriously? I I think it takes itself seriously in spots. The main spots. story seems to take itself pretty seriously. Um, but but then, like we were kind of alluding earlier, like and why a lot of my comparisons have been to like, okay, this has got like an almost Shin Megami Tensei, the world has ended, but we're oh, still yeah. in Japan. No, it's, feel. it's very much got that feeling to it of like normal everyday life. All of a sudden. Now you're in the apocalypse, like this supernatural yeah. apocalypse sort of a like, setting. You're still in Tokyo. You're, you're you're talking with KK and doing all this stuff. But like most of the places you go to buy items are just convenience stores that are now being run by yokai instead of people. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the the uh, kind of going back to the visual style to continue that that feeling. It is um, open world, but 
the mist will still damage you if you go into it and kind of you open up the map by like cleansing areas so you, you can cleanse, expand uh, the map yeah you basically clear areas of fog by cleansing tory gates yeah um so it's it's kind of, I don't know it it seems seems fairly serious or self serious whether or not that goes anywhere well, I'm I'm still too early to to know but um then I mean, it also, seems to have fun with some of the side characters. Not like it's not like I think wacky's not right, like you said, but but it's way less. Well, I think no, like know what they've done in the past. Like it's self serious, but in ways that are funny. Like mm-hmm. I mean, this is from Tango, the people who brought us the Evil Within and the Evil Within Two. Yeah, two games that are two games that I personally think I like a lot more than most people. Um, I think those games are just fucking, I love that like Japanese campy horror vibe that those games had. And this has definitely got elements of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I know you guys are probably going to play it more. Uh, so I'll, I'll save some of the questions I have for probably next week when we have, um, when you both have had more time to talk about or play it. And I think I'm way too early to speak like with authority on it, but I've liked what I've seen, but I think it's going to. Uh, take a little bit more for me to really give a a glowing endorsement or anything like that. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll check back in next week with you guys to see kind of how you guys feel more about it as time goes on. Uh, let, Rich, let's get into some triangle strategy really quick. So obviously sure, you fam. put a hell of a lot more time than I have into it. Um, I put some more time into it. Not a lot, to be honest with you. Didn't touch Hardly any video games this week until yesterday, actually. But um, my students, uh, oh no, sorry, it was my final week at my at my my job, so it's been a lot of preparing and stuff like that. So I haven't had a lot of time. But um, sure. Now that you've finished the game, where do you think? Like, I want to start here. Where do you think it ranks? in terms of strategy games or tactics games rather excuse me tactics games that you've played where do you think it ranks i think it's near the top um it's quite good uh here's the thing i think you picked a terrible time to start this game in particular shay this game really needs you to go all in on it because it, it has a lot for you to wade through in the beginning but the deeper you get the more that stuff pays off i think um the story I ended up coming out in the end really liking the story, and I levied a lot of complaints about it as <laughs> as I worked um we're still working on touching up this review. Um it is a very grounded, very serious story, despite the fact that it takes place in a world where people can throw fireballs at each other. And I think that sort of like Game of Thrones, like very grounded fantasy story actually works quite well. My biggest problem with it is that everybody in all the main characters are about as exciting as the the piles of salt they're fighting over. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) what I mean by that is like they all have very clear convictions that make themselves apparent as the game goes on. But they all behave like people in actual medieval times probably did, which is to say like no one it's like no one's allowed to raise their voice. Like, they just have very nothing but very calm and rational discussions about the horrible decisions they're making. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it irritates me. <laughs> I mean, there, there are some very brief exceptions. Like, uh, um, I'm forgetting her name. It's, it's the one that the main character is going to get married to. Frederica. Frederica, thank you. There's points early in the game where 
her her siblings are basically or her not her siblings her uh her family is basically harassing her and she's like her cousins yeah yeah her cousins and she's like oh well you know it's unfortunate that you feel that way and i'm like how the fuck are you yeah, just sitting yes, there? there there's a lot of that um but like there's degrees of it where like everyone's very amicable but at the same time as the story goes on you start to truly understand everybody's desires and i think they come across well um just because there's so much of it like the i do think the writing is good there are times where i wish the characters get a little more emotional or just have a little more drive and be a little less well i think we should do this um let's consult the scales but y- yes it, it also plays into the consulting the scales thing which we talked about uh not last week but the week before obviously when i was here um i think that scale stuff is awesome um and i think it's really cool because sometimes you just can't convince characters to change their minds and you end up having to take an action you didn't want to and i think that's an interesting idea Mm. um and one of the main i mentioned earlier at the top of the show that i'm in the middle of like a second playthrough the reason um a second playthrough is vital i think is because when you finish the game the first time it pulls back the curtain on that whole scales of conviction system and you learn how it works and how you can Mm. gamify it and get the conversation options you didn't have before that's that conviction system also affects what side characters come to join your cause and who you end up getting um for the party so you can kind of school it to see the stuff you didn't see the first time that's Hmm. cool that's cool i mean for me because i'm not that far into the game i'm on the tail end of chapter three if i'm being honest with you and i know there are a lot of chapters in this game 20 something Um, 22 yeah there are 22 and that, some of them are like, this is chapter 13, part two. And you're like, hey, you mean it's chapter 14. You're just lying about the number of chapters there are. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> I've already experienced that with chapter three. They just did that to me. It's chapter three, part two. And I'm like, fuck you. This is chapter four, dickhead. You are correct in that assessment. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. The, the thing I will tell you. And there's oh, a lot. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 Before I let you jump in, uh, there's there's one thing I wanted to say on what you were saying before. Sorry. Um. In terms of the scales, for me, I haven't really had any issues with making the choices that I want to make. Just oh, you will. I like during the walk around moments that I talk to, and I'm sure you did this too. I've talked to literally everybody, and so I basically get all the information I need to at least make a plausible argument and i've been able to convince for now that goes out the fucking window well and that's what i was gonna say i was gonna say i'm sure that that's gonna change later on in the game and i look forward to that based off your own conviction there are points where you will go up to someone like benedict for example and underneath trying to convince him it'll say this will be like talking to a brick wall i've had that yeah but yeah there's points where you'll literally finish every conversation option and it'll be like benedict was unmoved by your words Um. Yeah, Yeah, and I can imagine that being infuriating. There are points where they whip out a third segment to the scales of conviction. (laughs) Dad, that was I. I I vaguely remember that was in the first. That's how scales work. That's how scales work. (laughs) Um. Apparently. Uh. But I did want to like tell you at least as as the combat gets deeper, some of the late game battles and not like completely late game, but one of the last ones that I was trying to find a way to write about this in review because I really don't want to spoil it. It's one of the coolest ideas for a tactics battle I'd ever seen. And this game gets really inventive with how it changes the battle, like 
ideas it can introduce into a map to make it entirely unique and keep shaking up some of the places it starts reusing. And on top of that, uh, that's why I came out the other end being like, initially one of my biggest complaints was like, oh man, there should have been random battles or something to keep this entertaining and fun. The reason every encounter in this game is so good is because there aren't random battles. Everything is so finely tuned. There, there's no room for like randomness to it. Like some mm. of the ba- the battles at the beginning can be rather simple, but the deeper you get, the more you realize like every battle is tuned a very specific way. And those first battles are meant to be kind of easy. But as you go on, like it really wants you to think tactically and think about expending units and where your placement's going to be and what characters you're going to bring with you and how you're going to use those uh, advantages. Like every battle is very appropriately tuned and made a specific way. And that's why there really is no room for random battles. Yeah, that's one thing I've appreciated about the game so far is. It's because it's verbose, if it had a bunch of pointless battles. I would probably have given up on the game at this point, if I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. It has some battles that I would say are like mini battles that you do in the encampment. The mental mock battles, yeah. And, yes. and they're they're more about like you want to do those to get like the equip the items you need to upgrade weapons and promote classes and stuff like those thing that. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Another big part of it is, you know, leveling up any characters that are lagging behind. Sure. Which has always been the point of random battles. But because these ones aren't like fully fledged battles that you can focus on that a little bit easier. You're not playing a 40 minute battle to try and level up one character. It's like a 15 minute battle. And so that is that is nice. It doesn't completely do away with the grinding of getting your levels caught up level or your characters caught up level wise. But it does negate some of the length of having to do that which has been really, really nice because um, as much as I love Shining Force or, you know, older tactic style games, having to grind out battles over and over again to level up your characters is not one thing that is one thing that I don't really miss from those games. So I, I'm yeah. really thankful that there haven't been random that's, battles in this game. That's something that I really hated about Three Houses was... I mean, it's the same thing we've had with everything, but I just, I noticed it a lot more. And that was like getting to the end of a battle, like, uh, well, I've used almost none of my healing MP. Time to leave one guy alive and then just stand there and, and heal until I'm out of MP so I can not have my healers get left in the dust. I, yeah, wise. Th- that's t- totally, what's funny is I levied it as something I disliked about it at first, but the deeper I got, I was more like, no, it shouldn't have them, and I understand why it doesn't. Mm, also, man, interesting. that sprite work is fucking phenomenal, especially when you look at the attention to detail. With every class promotion, the subtle changes, and some of them very grand that happen to every character as they promote their class are amazing. Like that shield-bearing character, Eridor. Yeah. By the time he's in like his third class, he's gone from being just some gruff dude in like rough leather armor to having like a flowing cape and this extravagant gold lace shield. Um, I've always loved it. So good. I've always, always, always loved promotions and tactics games. I don't know why. That's always been Mm -hmm. the most. It's a cool system. It's a very cool system. It's always been satisfying for me. Any tactics game that has it, I love it. So 
Um, I'm looking forward to getting deeper into the game so I can start promoting characters. I've been I've been checking. I'm like, all right, am I close also, enough to the level? Am I close enough to the level? That weapon system is really good too. Rather than equipping characters with weapons in this game, you upgrade everybody's weapon, kind of Suikoden style. Um, and there's three base upgrades for each one, and then like a, a litany of other stat upgrades. And every character, by the time they get to their third upgrade, they go from being like steel sword to having a named weapon that looks dope as shit. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting to that point. It's been a bit of a slog to upgrade those weapons because you have to get a lot of resources in order to upgrade them. By the time I was like 20 hours in, I only fully upgraded like three people's weapons and you'd want to redo mental mock battles to get a little bit of extra money. Probably. To oh, do you it can fast. redo them. You can redo mental mock battles. You only get the XP and the money. You do not get those one time rewards that are next. Oh, to them. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not so worth it then, but, um, yeah, I've enjoyed that. The, the thing I will say is that there, and I, I said it before and I'm going to say it again, just much more succinctly, how much information they pack into the beginning is a lot is a lot to take in um it's like you don't even care about the duchy i'm at the point right now where um what is the main character's name sarah noah thank you sarah noah sarah noah and his band have gone to the mines and you as the player know that um the character there dragon has found something in the mines that he's going to use to make a lot of money and make people respect him. And then uh, Sarah Noah and his band get there and he's it like, don't go oh, so yes, hard oh, yeah, it's quite great you're here in the mines. Oh, nothing, nothing to see here. And um, I'm, I'm like, God damn, this is just really dragging out, you know, like they're, they're dragging this sequence out and they're dragging that sequence out. And I wish that there was a little bit of a faster pace in the beginning. But I also understand because, like you said, it's very grounded that it has a lot to onboard you with. It, it is just... a political intrigue story. One of the most in- I can't wait for you to get to this point because I actually want to talk about it with you when you get there. There's a big moment in I'd say like you're not too far off from it now for Prince Roland, who coming out of the end of this is my favorite character in this game. Um, I told you from the beginning, he's the best one who. OK, a little ways in and I, I get. Message me when you get to this point, Shay, so we can discuss it because it's cool as shit. It's a really cool character moment that's anime as fuck. Prince Roland gets a sprite change that is permanent for the rest of the game, and okay. it's fucking awesome. It's a really cool character moment. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm curious. Um, I don't have much more to say about the game, really. I, I have I, a lot, I, and you can read about it now. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um. I have, I have a more of a personal question for you, Rich. Should sure. I prioritize Triangle Strategy so we can do a Chomping After Dark on it, or should I prioritize Horizon? Hmm. Oh, God, that's hard to say. I would love to do one about Triangle Strategy, actually, because it'd be as dull as the cutscenes, like you and me just talking about salt for five hours. Um, I actually really do like the story of this game. I think it's a little bit like hoity-toity in its delivery but ugh, i, I kind of want you to keep going through this game i think it's okay. worth it i think okay. you'll really like it and i'd love to discuss the weird fucking game of thrones plot line of it okay uh how long did it take you to finish the main story about, the first about 40 time? hours okay all right ask some cranking to do <laughs> that's what he said but no um 
Talking about Mr. jacketing. Mr. joke. Ugh. Yeah. We haven't had enough of that in the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Zoingo. Goo. On my laptop. Wiener in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's it for now for Triangle Strategy. Um, Josh, speaking of wieners and butts, you want to talk about Tunic for a little while? I also played Tunic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, let, let me let me kind of direct this conversation a little bit. Uh, last week, Josh, you had you were about nine hours in at that point when we talked about it last week. Uh, Rich and Josh, and I'll start with you, Rich, because Josh is looking it up. Jo- Rich, how much more or how much time have you put in the game? It's got to be close to twenty hours. Oh, damn. This game's really good. I don't sleep anymore, Shay. Mm-hmm. It's March. I was, well, I, I was curious, because you said you put about 40 hours in a Triangle Strategy. Oh, no, no, I put about 60 in the Triangle Strategy. Yeah, I know, but, like, you, you put some time in two weeks before, so I was... Yeah, no, you gotta remember, I took a week off, and most of that Tunic time was uh, before this week, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. This is a cool fucking game, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Josh, how much more time have you put into it? Uh, about that much again. I'm just shy of 18 hours or now. Okay. Okay. So last week you were, you like Josh, you were, and this is going to kind of frame it for Rich too, because I don't know if he heard this part of the conversation when he listened to the podcast. You were talking a lot, obviously, about kind of like the, um, like what's happening in the world. Obviously, the hexagonal yeah. stuff. You're talking about the language. You're talking about um, just how great the exploration in, is in this game. Um, that's kind of where we we landed at last week. The combat's great. The the visuals are awesome. Um, that's kind of uh, obviously a very abridged version of what you talked about. Rich, what what if because you haven't had a chance to talk about this. What it, were you, kind of your first impressions jumping into this game and like those very base core ideas that I just recapped? Where do you stand on a lot of that? Um, I think we're going to end up seeing a lot of games that copy what this game tries to do in the next couple of years, which are that I think it's the mo- I think it's the most successful at emulating like the NES experience um, because it's very Zelda one uh, inspired in the sense that half the mechanics of this game are figuring out how to play it. It mm-hmm. tells you nothing in a way that's very awesome because I'm sure you guys talked about this a bit last week, but I love that the main collectible are pages from what is most literally an NES <laughs> instruction <laughs> that, manual. That is the best collectible I've ever seen. When you zoom in on that, you can see the cross-threading you, like it's you been can stitched see, exactly, and it's a you real scan-in. Exactly. It is, you know, like, it is... It is cheap printing. Like you can see the and printer dots. Having is- yeah, having that many of the mechanics being like it looks like a proper scan in like things are written on it to give you. Oh hints. yeah, yeah. Um, some of it's well, obviously written on in ballpoint pen. Yeah, there are points where like that first boss, that first boss encounter. I was having trouble the first time, and you notice on that page with the picture of the boss, and it just says the words, "You can do it. Try and be this strong with a stat." thing at that point in the game i had yet to figure out that you had to expend stat points yeah and i'm sitting on like all of these things to upgrade my abilities with yeah you know what's funny rich is when as you were saying that that's almost verbatim 
what Josh said last week. <laughs> really? I didn't get <laughs> almost, up this far in the podcast yet. verbatim. Uh, yeah. The, the things that are cool about this game, I think, are very obvious to anyone who spent time with it. And it's not even a matter of player trust, because I think that's a different thing. One of the main features of this game is you need to figure out how to play this. It just doesn't tell you stuff. Yeah. Like, weird, obtuse shit. You need. I mean, it tells you, but just not in the language you speak. No, not in the way games nowadays yeah. do. Yeah. And it does tell you some of that stuff in English. You just need to flip through it. Mm-hmm. And never before have I had a game basically tell me if I'm doing the dungeons in the correct order by having me look in the manual and seeing what page number this dungeon is on. Yeah. And granted, it's not even strictly like that. Like, there's... You'll find out as you go that there's a whole lot more to that manual, kind of like, you know. Yes. Also, um, my main thought, I've been thinking about this for days, somewhere someone is making a physical version of this manual and I will buy it. Sell me it. I, I, I'm, I'm almost certain I've seen. I don't know if it actually had the manual itself. I'm pretty sure I saw a notebook on, like, Fangamer. Let me look. Let me, let me, I'm like, I feel like I've just seen this. But at the same time, I feel like owning that, owning that could break the game. Yeah, no, like, it's one of those things, if, if it existed, you wouldn't want it until you've played the game. We're done, yeah. It'd be nice to have after the fact, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So, one of the questions I have for you guys is, um, this one's probably gonna be a little bit more targeted at Josh than Rich, but definitely Rich, please feel free to chime in. Has the exploration only gotten better as you've gotten further in the game, or is it kind of like... It's it's something that's really exciting and novel at the beginning, and then it kind of just comes back to reality. I think it feels more rewarding the more time you sink <laughs> into it. Sorry, I was laughing. I was throwing that to Josh and Rich. Yeah, took it right I'm, just, I'm just, I'm well, just you, you, for you, baby. You said Rich. I'm pretty sure. I said, but Rich, feel free to chime in. Ah, okay. And I did. I felt yep. free. Yep. Um, um, you're right. You're right. That's that's on me. I should have said Josh, and after Rich chime in. That's my mm-hmm. fault. You're right. You're right. But no, um, no. Go ahead, Rich. Yeah, fuck you, Josh. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna be very succinct, and then I'll let uh, Josh take it, gamer. take it from there. Um, one of the things I'm sure Josh mentioned this when you guys talked about it already. I think is like one of the smartest signs of design are there are shortcuts you can almost forget about in Tunic, where you'll go through like an entire dungeon and then step out from behind a bush in the overworld and be like, I could have yeah. fucking gone in this way the whole time, but so there was no way for you to see it. Links in this game, a la, you know, Souls games, are not relinks like, oh, I dropped a ladder. There are those, but so many of them are just. You couldn't see that there was a door here. here had you noticed. That there is, you know, like a gap between these two trees or something like that. I, I mentioned to Josh uh, before we started the show, for anyone playing this game, I'm not going to spoil where it is for you. You can look it up if you're that desperate for it. You can change your clothes in this game. There's a room where you can do it that's accessible from the very beginning. I found it 14 hours in. <laughs> That'll happen, buddy. Just stumbled across it. It's just behind a staircase, and you're like, what the fuck's this? And then you go behind these wardrobes, and all of a sudden, I'm a blue fox instead of a red one. Yep. Spoiler alert. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I, I was... So, you guys are saying that, basically, the exploration has only stayed awesome since the beginning. It's an impeccably designed world. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of, like Rich was saying, there's... 
it gets it gets better and better as you get upgrades because some of them like i mentioned last time like with the hook shot points those are obvious they're extremely conspicuous you see them along the way and it sticks in your mind like oh i can come back here once i've got a hook shot little tuning forks yeah um there are a bunch of other things that look sort of vaguely suspicious like that looks very intentional for it being a place i can't go um yeah that won't stick in your mind as much because it's not an obvious like oh i need this upgrade to do something else over there it's it's way more nebulous until you understand how to inter- inter- interact with it is kind of something that the game does extremely well um is give you upgrades way later that then reshapes the way you look at everything you've been to so far um and yeah yeah i think that really makes the exploration work you better work excellently excellently um and then on top of that kind of like We've been talking about that manual. Oh, there's so much stuff hidden in the world. There's so much stuff hidden in that manual. Um, and again, I've not figured out how to read the thing, but just figuring out, you know, based off of context clues, what something might be. There, there's something delightful about the amount of times in this game where a menu comes up that is just complete gibberish and you just got to be like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how I live my everyday life here in Japan. If I'm yeah, being that with you that guys. makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, dude, imagine, like, this is one of the reasons why I actually, and this is probably, I'm not the only person in the world to have this, but I'll be obviously I understand a lot more of the language than I did when I first got here. But there are days where somebody asks me a question, and I have no, like, I catch like one or two words, and I'm just like, yeah, or I'm like, sure. obviously like, the yeah, Japanese, right. yeah. Japanese version of that. It's like, like mishearing. Hi. Yep. 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 Yeah. It's like, like mishearing someone. Yeah. And he's like, or, yeah, whatever. Fine. Yeah. Or it's like when my students, like, they'll sometimes be talking to me and all. <laughs> they think I understand. I think they just really want someone to listen. I'll be like, oh, so done. <laughs> you, you know what's funny, Shay, is you mentioned that and, like, it's so, the closest. Yeah, the thing. funeral's tomorrow. It's. <laughs> <laughs> It's the closest really? thing uh, I would imagine I can get not actually being in Japan with, but with, you know, the past six to seven months with how much I've actually been like attempting to learn Japanese. Now playing uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, I find myself for the first time in a video game stopping to read all the signs oh, yeah. <laughs> to be like, I'm going to try and figure out what this says. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like if you if you have uh, hiragana and katakana, I'm sure it's pretty easy for you Yeah, because um, that's how like my journey started. And then when you some things take me a few minutes. But the kanji, the kanji, though, it's going to take you a, lot a lifetime. I've, I mean, I've looked a little bit at kanji, and yeah, it's very clearly a different beast, but that, that's a whole other conversation. I will say what you're doing, how you're studying, helps with that a lot. I will say that, because that's how I study kanji. Speaking One of the ways of, I study Speaking of kanji, kanji I, I don't know if you noticed this, the texture for the rain in that game? Yes, I, I have noticed. It's just the kanji for rain. Yes, I have noticed that. Every, every raindrop yeah. yes. says ame. It's Dude, really that is dope. It's yeah. quite like I said, that game has some really cool visual design cues. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite really cool. Yeah, that's dope. Okay, yeah, and so it I, is raining a lot in that game. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't mean to distract us from Tunic. That was my. No, fault. that's. I just <laughs> thought it was an interesting conversation piece to bring up while yeah. we were on it. Yeah. Uh, 
the combat is it very similar to how Zelda, the first Zelda game plays, or is it a more modernized version? I would of that? say it's more more challenging than that. And the first Zelda game is not an easy game. No, it's not. Yeah, it's it's way less stiff than that. Um, can, I mentioned earlier on about how before you have a shield, it's very much kind of like Zelda, like stay right. just out of range till somebody swings, then walk in, whack them, sort of a combat. But it gets way more reliance on dodging at exactly the right time because this is more stamina management manage your stamina the iframes in this game this is one of the tightest dodge windows yeah there's pages in that manual that explain like show you visuals of how the iframes work um I, i never thought i'd be saying this about this game in like my first few hours with it but it's a sentence i can say now i really like using the gun yeah yeah it's kind of hard having enough uh, ammo for the thing. It it burns through it, but it's nice for like bosses. Whenever it's like, oh, I, I, I only have a a second. That's, that's safe. That scavenger boss. Yeah, that scavenger boss. Uh, the gun was my best friend in fighting him. Oh yeah, yeah. There's gun and firecrackers. Oh yeah, those are yeah. The the there's there's a cool system. In here, uh, I'm, I'm not gonna. Never mind. I, I don't want to spoil that. You, you can figure it out. But anyway, um, the the consumables in this game are the, very oh, helpful. They're yes, very helpful, but very limited. Here, here's what we'll say. That's not uh, ish. Spoil. Yes. Here's what I'll say that won't spoil it. But I think don't hesitate to use your consumables. You are yeah. rewarded for using your consumables. Yes. Exactly. Like this is. Um. Anyway. So yeah, but kind of on top got, of like that, a plus nine firecracker. Oh yeah, I, I think I'm only up to like six at the moment. But um, anyway, um, there's 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 a lot of a lot more depth to the combat that some of which is great, some of it is. I'm I'm still not sold on the parry in this game because just like the dodge roll has extremely tight timing. The parry has extremely tight timing and also a fucking long wind up animation. I do not you I'm I'm a dodge boy. I'll get behind them. The I don't the, even bother with the parry. The parry is only really useful for I was enemies, not ready for another soul game. Shields and only for enemies with shields where you don't have room to dodge. Like there there are a couple enemies that like they're, just, they're they're on like narrow pathways. There's no way to. Dodge I know the guy them. you're talking about, and mm-hmm. you know what the solution to them is? You fucking throw firecrackers. Yeah, at exactly. Them. Bombs. You can throw bombs <laughs> yeah. at them. But and this is the other thing with that: if you wait for the attack animation to start, your parry doesn't have enough time to go off. Um, to even do that, like it's 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 just it's not a properly timed parry. Like they could have the window be super tight. They just need to make it come out faster because. Like I, 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 I know the AI well enough to know exactly how, where I can space myself to start the parry in order to hit those guys at this point, just because mm-hmm. I've I've fought so many of them. But it, it the parry just takes too long. It just it takes too long for it to be a useful option. Almost all the time. Well, we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um. I'm never particularly great at parries in games, um, so I'm a dodge rolly boy. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's really useful, especially early on. Well, not early on because you don't have the shield at all. But once you have the shield, um, if if you know how to use it, it can definitely be helpful if you're trying to sequence break or just I you know whatever. But I have a friend who missed the shield and played for ten hours before finally stumbling oof. across it. But again, it's no, I, I, the shield's way more useful for ranged attacks, like just being able to block stuff. Um, sure. Then, then anyway, well, no, it, the shield's super useful. Period, because it's not just for parrying. It's the blocking is uh, you know way more easy to use strategy. Um, anyway, anyway, um, I'm okay. I'm 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 loving it. I'm loving finding all the secrets in it. I've been finding a bunch of hidden stuff that I. I don't really want to get into because I was talking to Rich some beforehand. And so I'm- much of that game. It, oh, yeah. Like, again, I was trying. It's weird. What a weird similar spot we're in, despite, like, you finding things I haven't and vice yeah, versa. Exactly. Like with me telling you, like, I don't want to tell you where this thing is, but trust me, you can get to it. And this is the area yeah. you should bump your head into. Yeah, exactly. Like, we're we're kind of in the same spot, but I found more secret stuff and he's found more main path stuff. So, and then He's trying, trying to talk about it without spoiling yeah. anything for each other is... Well, you've given me the right yeah. amount of information, which is because I'm having a hard time with that boss, and now you're telling me there's a whole litany of things I can go get that I didn't think I could get yet? They're not make power-level things, as far as I can tell, for the most Regardless, part. Regardless, though, but... it'll it'll let me go out and explore a little bit more and maybe shake some cobwebs loose oh, before yeah. I try that boss again. Sort of. Except there's not a lot to fight to really practice your combat in the dark world i i don't even think it's necessarily a practice thing i think i just need to like get my head out of that space for a while if that makes sense oh yeah no that that's definitely you get into those moments where you just fight a boss too many times in a row and you're not progressing at all well you're it's just, one of those things where the exact same mistake over and over you think something. you're close but then the second health bar appears and you're like oh i can't use that many flasks that quickly then. yep yep Cool. Yeah, that I, game's cool. I I want. I really want to play that game a lot. It's it's been on my mind. I will say that. So. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, here's here's the section of the show where we talk about TV shows. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Specifically, Rich really wanted a few minutes to talk about the Halo TV show. Uh, the first episode is out. I know a lot of people have been curious about that, mocking it, interested in it. So, Rich. Tell us yeah, I watched the first episode of Halo on Paramount Plus, and here's what I'll tell you guys. I think it's fine. <laughs> um, I, I, here's a phrase. I think it's, it has the potential to be a fun sci-fi series. I don't know if it's necessarily gonna scratch that itch for people that are super into Halo lore, but I mean, I'm, I don't know what it's like to be super into Halo lore because I like interesting things. Um, (laughs) there's a really cool action sequence at the beginning of this game that is probably all the fan service you need, um, where it's basically Chief and another group of Spartans just like wasting a bunch of elites and it is filled with all the video game references and there are multiple times in this episode and I hope it continues throughout the series where they cut to a first person view in Chief's helmet and the HUD from Halo 1 is there in its entirety 
Like up to including every time it would come on screen, I just see I go, oh shit, Chief only has one grenade left. He better be careful, because um, I I didn't want him to run into a hot spot. He, he ducks behind cover at one point, and you straight up hear the like boop 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 of the shield regen. That's pretty cool. Um, there's some really cool shit in here. Uh, I think Pablo Schreier, who is playing Master Chief, does a pretty good performance. Um, my bigger criticisms of it. Uh, are of the CGI mostly. I think the CGI mostly looks good, and I understand there are budgetary constraints. Like you can't afford to spend a ton of money on this series at the offset. I would have really preferred if they got like Henson Workshop puppets for the profits. I would have been much happier with that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I like right when Rich is talking about the one yep. thing only he can talk about. That's when the dog. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the Prophet of Mercy should have been a puppet. Um, in a way, everybody else is a puppet around him. Uh, there's some obvious like story liberties they're taking uh, with like making keys and Halsey more related. There's. As far as I can tell, I'm, this is, seems to be set, like, long before the games. Okay. Uh, but also changing a lot of the... I'm not super familiar with the novel stuff, but I do know some stuff. And this seems to be tackling the sort of human element of that a lot more, which was, for anyone unfamiliar, in the Halo lore, Spartans were not made to fight aliens. They were made to be, like, an anti-terrorist task force. Mm. And this kind of starts right in the middle of all that, like human colony revolution stuff. There is a civil war going on that is basically interrupted by the arrival of the covenants. And in a way, the games kind of almost don't at all. Uh, it seems to be dealing with the idea that the UNSC are probably not great, um, which is a more compelling story. If I'm like the like super duper military, like we're going to save the world thing is kind of dumb and almost insulting. Um, and Halo Expanded U stuff always went deeper with that. With the UNSC are not necessarily the good guys. They are just the guys with the most money to fight the very bad guys. Right. Interesting. I So this is something that I heard happens pretty early on in the episode. And it might be a minor spoiler for those who are really concerned about it. But uh, Master Chief takes off his helmet pretty early. Not er, the last 10 minutes. Oh, OK. Well, my bad. Spoiler. Um, I mean, but it's the first episode, so that's very early in the series. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're going to get a ton of that stuff. Um, and I don't personally, it doesn't bother me is what I'll start by saying. And then I'll follow it up by saying, I don't necessarily think you need to do that. Uh, and their argument was like, you know, the, the novels and the expanded you stuff really get to the core of who John is and who the master chief is. And, you know, to do that, we need to remove the helmet. My counterpoint to that is I think the Mandalorian has proven you don't need to do that. Uh, Pedro Pascal has proven you can make a really compelling character who virtually never removes his helmet. And that character does in that show for very small segments, think twice in the three season run so far. Um, so I think saying it's a necessity is just been proven incorrect. Um, but if used sparingly, I don't personally see it as this thing that ruins the character. Yeah, I think probably part of the reason that why that was included is because fans have been clamoring for years and years and years to see that. 
And also, if you're going to do it, I, I kind of agree with the notion of getting it out of the way. And they use it for a dramatic moment for, for Chief to kind of prove himself to another character, prove himself trustworthy to another character. Um, it's used very deliberately. He had to really let his guard down, let out a sneeze like that. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't want to get it all over his visor. Exactly. It's a, such, a, such a pain in the ass to clean if you get it in I there. mean. I mean, the suit was already busy probably cleaning up all the jizz that he blew in his Exactly, because the suit's always jerking him off. Um, Follow up, this show needs the Arbiter? I think? Of course. I know he wouldn't technically be the Arbiter yet, but give me the thing I'm asking for. Okay. I'll get right on that. Thank you, (laughs) boss. Also, hey. only elites so far in this first episode. Uh, the elites and the prophet of mercy. I've yet to see a grunt or a jackal, and I hope that changes. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. I'm sure that, like you said, they're just kind of setting things yeah. up right now. Mostly because I want to see a bunch of grunts running around like, oh! <laughs> grunts are the best enemy in sci-fi history. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. The Borg are pretty high up there. Uh, what I should say, they're the best fodder enemy. Oh, there you go. In sci-fi okay. history. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I will, I will agree with that. Um, so, randomly yesterday, I, I was really tired, didn't really feel like doing anything, so I decided to sit down and watch half of the first season of Cuphead on Netflix. And um, Tell us about the television. I don't have much to say about it. Obviously, one of the big notable things is the animation style isn't quite as amazing as the game, but it's still it's still in that vein. It's... Steamboat Willie adjacent, I would say. Um, In places. It's, it's Steamboat yeah. William. It, uh, <laughs> parts Steamboat of it are Billy. just kind of, you know, modern standards. And then sure. occasionally, just like in the game, it'll go way too hard for, for, for something. And it's really cool when that happens. Like, they'll have backgrounds that and are... And Wayne Brady's there. Yeah, and Wayne Brady's there. Um, backgrounds that are, you know, like claymation backgrounds or or Mm. not computer animated but definitely 3d animated like probably rotoscope type stuff going on like right that's cool they have certain scenes that go really hard Um, they do yeah and then and then a lot of it is just kind of you know standard what you come to expect from competent animation this goes hard feel free to screenshot Mm -hmm. right exactly um i like that they're taking a lot of the characters that the game originally had and kind of giving them a little bit of an interesting story. Obviously, it's more centered and geared towards children. Uh, I think that goes without saying. But it's it's mildly entertaining, I will say that. Um, I really like the first episode where they go to the carnival, um, but evil, uh, the evil is spelled as evil, and they have their first run-in with the devil and uh cuphead narrowly escapes having to give his soul to the devil i that had my first fun... run in with the devil at a carnival yeah it was a fun little episode or the episode where um uh cuphead and mugman run into the two boxing uh frog and toad and mm-hmm. that that is a, a cute episode it's nothing that like makes me laugh out loud it's nothing that I'm like, oh, shit, I got to finish this show. But it's entertaining. It's something to put on. 
Obviously, I'm not the target audience, so I'm not going to sit here and talk too negatively or too positively about it. But I'm you like the- those characters enough to be like, I'm intrigued, and I think that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I don't need and, to just, I don't need to love everything. But one of the things yeah. I will say I do love about the show is the voice acting. Um, I've really enjoyed the voice acting, and some of the ki- voice actors and actresses that they've had, I didn't expect that voice to come out of that character and i'm really glad for it for example uh king dice um clearly has in a black voice actor and i was not expecting that i don't know why it's it's wayne brady wayne brady is it really yeah yeah yeah. king dice is wayne brady i didn't know that yeah that's awesome that's gonna have to choke a bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i really liked um Wayne Brady's performance as King Dice, and I didn't expect King Dice. I I expected King Dice to have like this kind of slimy mob boss type voice, but I really like that they changed my expectation of that. Or the Devil's voice, I, I wasn't quite what I was expecting. Actually, Cuphead and Mugman's voice wasn't quite what I expected. Yeah, and it's it's better for it. I, it's um, and they're all comp- very competent, beyond competent. They're excellent voice actors and actresses so far so i've really enjoyed that aspect of it um that's probably my favorite part about the show so far but i will finish it um the first season i know that a second season has already been greenlit which uh good for that studio that just means that um cuphead is here to stay for a while hopefully that dlc comes out i i know we've got a date for it but uh i'm really excited for that dlc and uh, hopefully that means that there are more games in the horizon and that the Cuphead universe in terms of gaming just gets expanded upon because I, I honestly love the first game and I would love more. Yeah, it's a lovely co-op experience. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great experience in general, but yeah, co-op is oh, yeah. A great. Co-op is the uh, ideal way. Yeah, for it, sure. It, yeah, it definitely smooths off a lot of the... Uh rougher edge not even rougher edges but it it makes it a whole lot easier whenever both of you have to die for you to fail the level yeah exactly yeah well let's jump on one uh one more quick break and then we will do our back end of the show which is social media polls and patreon shout outs you will get the ending to the story of what josh dealt with in the beginning of the episode so you definitely want to stick around for that and we'll be right back Ah, the summer breeze. The sun is beaming. The waves are crashing. Life is good. Mister! Mister! Uh, m- what? Mm. What in the blazes is going on? X-Tree! X-Tree! Read all about it! Read what, lad? Spit it out! How did you find me on vacation? Swordjump has tank tops, beach towels, and much more over at store.swordjump.com. Store.swordjump.com? Store.swordjump.com! Store.swordjump.com. Yes! Store.swordjump.com! Store.swordchomp. Yes, damn it! 
it worked. I can enjoy my afternoon nap in peace. Hey, mister. Did you hear about store.shop? Hey, guys. What's up? We're back. You know yes. that? We're back. I didn't know that. You're supposed to, legally, you're supposed to let me know. Uh, we're back. I just wanted to let you know. No, but uh, we're going to do some social pe- media polls now. Uh, every Tuesday at the Sword Chomp Instagram, you can vote on the polls that we put up there that are 95% of the time about gaming, and we discuss the results on the show. So, first on the agenda, I asked the question, who is picking up the new game starring our Lord and Savior, Kirby? And uh, 62% of the fans voted slurp slurp as in i'm picking that shit up and uh 38 of people said nah bruh i ain't picking that up which i i actually expected that number to be a little bit higher but i mean i still think that's a pretty good number more more people said yes than no kirby's pretty cool kirby's pretty dope yeah uh, the next one I asked, seems like CD Projekt Red is trying to get back into good graces um, with the Witcher A New Saga Begins announcement. Are you willing to give them a second chance? And uh, the choices were Color Me Intrigued, which 84% of people are very intrigued. And 16% of people said Fool Me Twice, dot, dot, dot. Uh, where do you guys fall in that camp? Aren't right we up now? to like Fool Me three or four times at this point? Fool me once, shame on me, but fool me twice, fiddle dee dee. Fool me thrice? Um, I mean, I'm probably going to get that Can't game. Can't get fooled again. You won't get fooled <laughs> again! Um, it's a great but song. Also, like, I don't know, man. Cyberpunk was a huge fucking to do. I don't. Like, you can't blame... I blame the higher-ups of CD Projekt Red for what happened there. Um, the fact of the matter is, though, they gotta play it so safe that I am... I'm sure they feel some large degree of internal pressure whether it'll really matter in the end. But I, I like The Witcher a lot. And we're definitely a long ways off from this. Yeah, I mean... In fact, if anything, it feels dumb to announce it already. Like I said, I think they're announcing it because they're trying to get back in the good graces. They're still putting a lot of work into C- uh, Oh, that's 100% Cyber- what it is, yeah. They're, they're still putting a lot of work into Cyberpunk. I'm sure they saw <laughs> You guys remember dip- that good game we made? Don't I'm forget sure about this that- good game we made. Right, and I'm sure that the Netflix series probably saw a dip in popularity after everything that happened with CD Projekt Red. I doubt it. I don't, but maybe you're right. I'm what's, probably what's wrong. What's the dip? Uh, like it, it had been out two? for forever at that point. Yeah, My it balls. was in this in your mouth. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of things to dip. But no, um, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Either way, it seems like they're trying to get back in the good races of um people for me. But I will say this: I really loved Witcher Three a lot. Uh, it's one of my uh. One of the one of my favorite games that I played in the past ten years, I would say. I am willing to give them a chance if um they don't have 
as many prevailing issues as they did with Cyberpunk 2077. I don't think that what they did objectively is as bad as some someone like Blizzard and Activision or as some someone like Gearbox keeping on Randy Pitchford. I still think what they did is pretty oh, yeah. bad. Well, in terms Randy of Pitchford, like, the sex magician? Um, yes. I, I still think what they did with Crunch Culture and um, having a fucked up buggy mess of a game is pretty bad. Um, and they did have some issues with The Witcher 3 with Crunch and Crunch Culture and whatnot that I think a lot of people forget about. Um, mm-hmm. It was still an issue if then. I don't, yeah. If, if I don't hear about The Witcher 4 getting delayed at least 25 times, I, I, I don't care about it. <laughs> I'm sure you will, though, buddy. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. No, I... There's a lot that is going to make me want to buy that game brand new. Uh, or a lot... Excuse me. There's a lot that has to happen to make me want to buy that game brand new. I'm not against it. I, I hope CD Projekt Red can get back on track, because I did for what it's worth, enjoy my time with Cyberpunk, even though it is a deeply, deeply, deeply flawed experience. I enjoyed my time with that. And I really did love The Witcher 3. So, um, there we are a lot Keanu of... Keanu Reeves in The Witcher 4. <laughs> As Geralt? I'm, I'm still morbidly <laughs> curious to go back to Cyberpunk to see if it's playable yet. Same. Same. One way I, I keep talking about all these patches, and I've not been back to it in forever. Yeah, but, when time presents itself, like let's, it, it, yeah, let's plan that out. When we have time, let's sit down and do that. But yeah, because I'm intrigued as well. But same I, They have a lot of good developers there. They have a lot going for them. They've had a lot that didn't go well for them. But this game is a long ways out. But we'll see if we'll see what happens. So, yeah. um, apparently it's supposed to. And this is one other thing I want to mention before we move on from this. It is not supposed to be like a sequel. It's a it's a all new thing, and it's rumored that um, Siri is going to be taking the role, the lead role. Um, so Rich, it's a sequel. Think? Yeah, I mean it, it's a sequel then. <laughs> That's uh, well, I I I know I I, know. I, I I I get what you're trying to say, Shay. Um, like it, not a t- completely direct continuation of The Witcher Three in that sense, right? Uh, I mean, I think that's more interesting, if anything, and that's kind of where like narratively those sort of stories felt like they were heading in the witcher three um because they pushed past the what the novels had done in a way that they were exploring uncharted territory and exploring more of series character as an adult and i'm that's something i would be interested in i mean you play as siri a bit in the witcher three um i feel like that's kind of what a witcher four would be and should be maybe yeah no that that, that seems seems like the right way to go with it it seems logical. Um, yeah, yeah. the The only thing I see negative about that, and it's it's a very small, small negative, by having Geralt be replaced by Siri, is basically I don't think we would see any more unicorn stuffed unicorn sex scenes. You don't know that. I I think it'd be a little tasteless to see Siri getting stuffed like that. That's but sexist of you. That is true. You're you're not wrong. It is a little sexist of me. I apologize. Siri wants to get off too. It's her business. Yeah. You're not wrong. But um Yeah, I guess I guess I'm intrigued. I guess I'm intrigued. Uh third poll. I so there's a there's a news announcement that Fortnite raised 36 million dollars in relief for Ukraine. 
Um, and all the donations would be logged and sent to humanitarian organizations within days of that article being ran, and that was earlier in the week. And so I said, guess y'all can't talk shit about Fortnite anymore. Sure again. Um, and the, the audience, uh, 41% of them said, try and stop me. And then 59% of people said this, as in Fortnite uh, raising that much money is top shelf. Yeah, raising all that money. Did they match that money? I don't know. I didn't look that far into it. Duh. The answer's no. Oh, okay. The answer's no. <laughs> so it sure seems like gamers raised all that money. and It was so nice of Fortnite the Fortnite is just where they happened to do it. It was so nice of the multi-billion dollar corporation to let us use their platform to raise money. Yeah. <laughs> Too bad they had no expendable income. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair Suck point. it! <laughs> Got him. Got him. I mean, I still think it's pretty cool that um, players... Oh, no, are, no, no. It's, I, it's very cool. Like, just we the got organizational part of it is not nothing. But, I don't... A lot of these goodwill campaigns that they've everybody's doing it ends up being you know let's use someone else's money to make us look good um which is you know a little tiring I, at this point i get what it's you're saying game, not like, the player it's, it's uh it's a perform what is the word performatory would that be the word i bet that works um, no you're thinking of a dormitory yeah, oh, I was, I was thinking of exploratory, um, exploratory, masturbatory. That's the word. oh, that's the word. I was no, um, no. I I agree with what you're saying, Josh. That Observatory. If, if that's really what happened, if it was that the donations weren't matched by Epic, then yeah, I think that it's it's it's, it's a little shameful that they would say, oh, Fortnite raised this money when it's in actuality. The players and the fans of Fortnite raise that money. The credit cards that those children stole raise that money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh, and that's something that like has been happening for years and years and years. It's not something that's recent, but yeah, no, that's not a way, new thing. That's that's. I mean, the whole. I mean, we have an entire fucking industry of. You know, people making money selling pink ribbons. Yeah, I was just thinking that actually. <laughs> I will say this: yeah. we can we you can criticize the way that the information is being disseminated in terms of who they're actually highlighting. Um, at the end of the day, it's still a but, good thing. But it's uh, yes. yes, it's still going to a very good cause and something that's necessary. So uh, that's that's I think both. How do I word that? They're not exclusive. Um, yeah. Is what I'm, what I think Josh, you and I are both trying to say, and I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, the Verge ran an awesome article recently about video game preservation, as um, we're seeing the Nintendo 3DS and N- Nintendo Wii U online store being taken down here very, very shortly within the next year. Um, so I asked our fans, "Is video game preservation important to you?" And 85% of our fans said absolutely, and 15% of our fans said mm, not really. People yeah. who say not really, what's what? Why? <laughs> I mean, maybe they want to look forward. Can't do that without looking back. I know, I know, but yeah. like, I, 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 I get why someone would say not really if they're like, I, 
if someone's looking for like cutting edge technology looking for the next most beautiful best thing quote unquote and those are heavily quoted then sure people are going to look to the ps5 and the xbox series x or getting a brand new computer um with all the highest specs in order to play these brand new games and they're going to continue to look forward not back there are my hardware needs to be cutting edge so i can emulate neo geo games exactly some of our fans are that and that's okay that's perfectly okay and there are some people out there that are like that and that's perfectly okay yeah Um, speaking sorry going back to the actual preservation side of it again it's another thing that piracy does better than the actual industry currently is preserved games yes yeah like that's absolutely they're they're infinitely better at it because they're not just trying to take people's money a beautiful peak yeah. of this industry. Um, I shared probably like two weeks ago at this point. Um, I shared a lovely post on via our sword on Twitter um, about these beautiful scans from the Super Mario 64 guide from Japan mm. that someone had uploaded and saved that have like this amazing artwork in them. And since that time, Nintendo has issued a copyright strike against them and had the scans removed. Because this industry is fucking garbage. Oh, well, not scans of the manual then? that no one can get anymore. That no one can get, and there's no intent to sell ever. Yeah. You know what, no, you, they're, you, know what like, you do? They're never going to f- make a physical release of it again at this point. Like, it, no. So it's, I turn yeah. it into an NFT. I, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't say that with enough conviction. Try again. <laughs> is, that, is, that the, is that the voice of conviction? <laughs> Yeah. No, uh, part of the reason why I asked that actually is because I wanted to see if our fans are interested because I think that's a topic that we should cover here. You know, that's something I hadn't even thought about. I should probably at some point actually scan all my old game manuals and whatnot just for the sake of it. Send them to archive.org, send them to the video game. I'm sure they've got most of them, but But you never know. You never know what they're missing. It's worth doing. Um, I'm no stranger to saying this to you guys at the very least, but like, I'm very big on preservation, on finding weird old shit. It's a big part of the reason starting chomping at the bits was one thing I really wanted to do with this website is I love old games. I love looking back uh, at where this industry started and where it came from. And there's so much shit that gets buried and forgotten. And that's only going to get to be larger with the amount of games that are made now. Yeah. Preservation is so important in this industry. Mostly because it is a thing that 30 years ago no one gave a shit about and we just lost the code to games all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. So uh, it's something I want us to talk about as the three of us here very soon. And it's, it's kind of, it'll be a little bit of a crossover to what you do, Rich. Um, yeah, over I look forward to that. That's a conversation you know I would love to have. Yeah, all three of us, I think, have, have very important opinions regarding that agreed if not important interesting and if not interesting they exist those who's to say what's important if it's important to us then it's important exactly Mm -hmm. um rich this is mainly geared towards me and you but josh i know you have some interest as well the fifth issue of the last ronin finally got an official release date which is next month and it's the end of next month i believe it's uh, april 26th could be wrong on the exact day but um April is the final. And that trade paperback that I got is getting very, very close to actually being concurrent with the actual final episode at this point. Yeah, yeah. 
it's getting yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, who's ready to see how it all ends? Uh, 46% of people said, I need this. And 54% of people, understandably, said, I'm not into comics. Not surprised, but I'm eager for that. I wanted to bring this up when you brought up the Turtles thing, Shay. Um, did you guys know there's like a TMNT collection coming out for Switch like very soon that's kind of yes. coming out of nowhere? Yes. I, I, w- I want to go to there. Yeah, I'm excited for it. That's something we talked about in the past. I, I, it must have completely slipped my mind. I remember talking about the sequel to the arcade game that's coming out. We all, this, okay. Yeah, we, we talked about both of them. The collection I did not remember talking about. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for both of them, for sure. And I'm excited for um, how this comic ends. It's been something that I've really enjoyed. Um, I'm not really big into comics, and this is one of the ones that I've stuck through, and I bought every issue. Not that it's a lengthy comic, but I've really enjoyed my time with it, so I definitely want to see how it ends. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. And this is less of a poll rather than just one more um, PSA. It's something that I've told the guys multiple times over the past few weeks. It's something I highlighted last week. I'm going to highlight it again right now. By the time this episode airs, um, if you get to this point, you will have about one day. Uh, May Fumato is on Kickstarter. It is almost funded at this point. Um, it, is, it is shy of being fully funded. It is a, it is a gorgeous fun ass looking game that is in the vein of um ninja gaiden and the messenger things thing games like that um it looks amazing i really want that project to be funded i backed it last week um i want other people who are interested to check it out i think it's about um i think it's at about you you love I don't know why you guys it's love a good pop- sound man <laughs> just makes me happy hey I get it it's about uh six thousand dollars away from being funded at this point so it's it's pretty close um from its original goal so All if right. you're interested I'll just buy three hundred more copies easy have you guys backed this game yet or no I have not but it's mostly because I backed too many other fucking things. That's fair. Josh, I'm glad you backed it up. This yeah. is only the Speak, s- speaking of which that did you did you hear about that six souls, nine souls? Yeah, yeah. Nine souls. No, I haven't heard about it. I'll have to check that out. I told you about it last week, so you I know, you I forgot. It. I'm sorry. I've been so focused on, you know, changing jobs and May Fumato. Nine. I only had nine, so much nine souls. There no, I I I did actually look at it. I didn't um, I'll, I'll right. put it down. So that that uh, one's already forget. past the goal, though. So we're, we're you know nine souls. Oh yeah. So I can't donate now. No, you can. Like it's still got another over a month to go, but it's getting made regardless. At this point, is my point. So. Oh okay. If you're not interested in backing and just want, anyway, whatever. Okay. That's my point. Cool. Dope. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. But yeah, May Fumato. If you're interested, um, please go check that out. It's almost funded. So that's our social media polls for the week. Um, I'm I'm gonna wait for to make the uh, back end of the show announcements because we have some Patreon shoutouts to do, and we have to finish that story that we started at the beginning of the show. So um, 
Do you guys have your scripts up and ready to go? Oh, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. Without further ado, let's do it. The coordinator, Sandwich, stood there in horror as he watched the Hall of Card Nerds register the insult. And if you forgot what the insult was, Josh basically told the whole audience of Magic players that he was going to fuck their moms while they were busy tapping their cards to attack. That was the insult. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the lead security personnel grabbed Josh and started to whisk him off the stage. I'm sorry, these pages are completely fucked. Um, <laughs> hold on, I gotta like... Uh- that's all right. I'll I'll redo that part. I'll redo that part. Yeah, I like I full screened it and then it got completely out of order. Um, if you want to do it again and we can just trim this, it should be fine now. OK. The coordinator sandwich stood there in horror as he watched the Hall of Card Nerds register the insult. And just in case you forgot the insult from the beginning, uh, Josh had basically during this story told them that he was going to fuck their mothers as they were tapping their cards to attack. The lead security personnel grabbed Josh and started to whisk him off of the stage. Come on, we gotta get you out of here. He wore a badge on his shirt that identified him as Ivan, which Ivan is from California, by the way. His four staff. Can you not tell? He, he always gets that <laughs> accent. But yeah, just, I've been consistent. Yeah, <laughs> he consistently gets the wrong accent. His four staff and fellow security, Bernadette, Jonathan, Matt, and Cy, surrounded them. Oh, no. Wow. Some of the audience members began flipping tables. Others trudged to the stage at a snail's pace. What the hell is that? He looked to the back of the audience and saw a group of hooded figures with the swamp insignia printed on the top. They wore cloaks with code names. Beefy Gamers, Eric, Bebop, Josh L., Justin, Morgan, Paul, the Zalbi, Tani, Amber, and Fletch. They started flicking cards at an unbelievable speed, slicing the jugulars of the attendees. They waded through the carnage, pushing towards the stage. Hey, that was my only black lotus. Ivan, the lead security guard, went into action. Matt, Sai, stay and quell the Swamp Tribe. Use any force necessary. The two nodded their heads in confirmation. Ivan, Bernadette, and Jonathan brought Josh offstage despite his protests. Stop! Stop! I want to see this. This is the stupidest shit I have ever seen. Sai and Matt pulled their purple crown royal bags off of their utility belt and pulled out some D20s. They began throwing them at the Swamp Tribe with incredible accuracy, knocking them out one by one. Meanwhile, Get the fuck off of me! He broke free from Bernadette's and Jonathan's grasp and ran back to the stage to witness the two guards incapacitating the Swamp Tribe. One member blocked a D20 as it tumbled to the ground. (laughs) Looks like you rolled a one, buddy. 
Just then, the remaining Swamp Tribe member, Paul, slung a terror card at Jonathan. It struck his temple, and he fell backward onto the stage. Josh gasped in fear and started running off stage. Suddenly, the guards ripped off their uniforms, revealing Swamp Tribe clothing. Josh backed up slowly, feeling the impending doom on him. He was stopped by a man towering over him, the coordinator. Um, um, uh, 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 the coordinator, Sandwich, let out a nefarious laugh that curdled Josh's blood. His knees began to involuntarily shake, causing him to drop onto them. A tear escaped his eye, for the fear of death began to ring throughout his whole body. Josh, ye who believed were better than that, what your eyewitnesses now cower in fear before us, ye who have witnessed a massacre, what have ye to say? The fuck? Speak louder, coward! What? The fuck? Good. We got you scared. Everyone, we can stop now. Suddenly, everyone got up and quickly cleaned up the hall. They reset the tables and started playing again. The people who pretended to die dusted themselves off and resumed what they were doing before. Josh sat on the stage, dumbfounded, as he watched the hall resume its activities, as if nothing ever happened. I, uh, I had a lot of fun writing that. I fucked those moms had I know how crazy their kids were. <laughs> Seriously, though, man. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy kids. Well, not just kids. Adults, too, as we know. <laughs> We've all played Magic before. But no, I, I wanted to say uh, a sincere and heartfelt thank you to all of the patrons this month. We uh, got some new patrons, so I want to say welcome and thank you very much for your support. Uh, Every dollar that uh, is donated to the show goes right back into the show. It is 100% listener funded. Um, so thank you to each and every one of those individuals we named in our funny uh, little script and uh, scene today. Uh, we Welcome appreciate- to hell. <laughs> Welcome to hell. No, but uh, seriously, thank you, each and every one of you. We appreciate uh, you donating your time and your money to help fund Swordchomp. So thank you very, very much. And hopefully you enjoyed that. Thanks. Little scene. And scene. Yeah. Rich, I think that was some of your finest work to date. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's, I try and keep consistent with my characters. You did good. You did good. Mm. I, uh, I didn't know what kind of voice you were going to do for sandwich and I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. You know, see what I really enjoyed doing, which is the fun part is it's part like, I don't want to insult anyone. And also I'm really bad at impersonating anyone. So whenever I have to do an impersonation of someone I've spoken with, I go as far from what they're like in reality as possible. Mm-hmm. I think that's a safe bet. There you I go. I think that's a safe bet. And Josh, you did you did really good too. I was hoping you'd scream that last line, but I also know you have children who are probably asleep. Yeah, so I've got I a think... bunch of kids asleep in here at the yeah. moment. I I might make that louder and post it. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see. What I, I would I would edit. love I would love for you to make that louder and post because I'd love to go back and listen to that. 
as God intended. Everyone listening to it now is like, make it louder. What the fuck is he, like, you wish he'd done it louder? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah it's it's easier to start lower, because I, I, that ad still mm. bugs me, where I was screaming, screaming, and it's just nothing but clipping the entire time. I, I, <laughs> I love it for that exact reason. Yeah, that it it's is pretty clipping. great. Mm-hmm. Just all I clipping. I love the clip. I love clipping. When, like, <laughs> when it's when it's in like those kind of moments but um yeah no you guys both <laughs> did a wonderful job so that's gonna round out the show here uh just a few couple quick announcements like i said last week uh three new episodes of evoking the sublime are up and uh ready for you to check out if you've never checked out that show now's as good of a time as any um rich just got a brand new episode up which i alluded to last week about kirby so if you're hearing this that episode of chomping at the bits is now up and available for your perusal uh and then we have a new chomping after dark that has gone up as this episode has aired um on the main feed so you can check that out so lots of new content in different places if you are looking for more than what you heard here also uh if you head over to swordchomp.com you you can access all of those podcast feeds on top of that we have other things there such as an article section where Rich just got an article up on Triangle Strategy. So you can check that out at your earliest convenience if you are still kind of on the fence about that game, trying to decide on whether or not you want to buy it. That's a great place to find out. Um, Go read and also, words. Also, as Rich said at the beginning of the show, uh, Ray will be having, uh, one of our part-time contributors will be having an article go up very soon on a retro game. So um, head over there to check that out as well. Hell yeah. We, we also have a merch store. Uh it's a great time to buy some summer clothes as we are gonna be hitting that in a few months. And uh we have some tank tops and other various things, beach towels that you can check out at the uh merch store. Feel free to check that out, peruse that. And as I alluded to, if you want to be rewarded for supporting us and help us pay the bills, the best way to do that is to head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp. There are a bunch of different tiers uh, depending on how involved and how much money you want to spend. So uh, I won't say any more on that. Just head over there and check it out. But we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you for checking out the show. If this was your first time here, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and if, this, if you've been here for a while, thank you for coming back. We love you. And uh, I want to say thank you to Rich calling in from New York, Josh calling in from North Carolina. I almost forgot where you live, Josh. Don't worry, I remembered. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was your host, Shay, calling in from Japan. We will be back next week with another exciting episode. Sure, remember where you live. In your butt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, it's something I don't want to break the uh, momentum of the show early, earlier on, but I just want to say... Uh, Nice rest in peace to uh, Taylor Hawkins, uh, the yeah, German Foo Fighter. That mm-hmm. was uh, unfortunate news to see in an NBA subreddit. I was in the NBA subreddit, <laughs> and um, I was looking at uh, a highlight, and I was looking at the comments talking about the highlight, and a comment said, what the fuck, Taylor Hawkins is dead? And I was like, oh, that's that's a weird way to find out. And um, Yeah, I, I believe I was just perusing Twitter uh, over breakfast in the morning, and it was one of those, like, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins. And I was like, don't fuck with me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a very, very unfortunate thing. The world lost a wonderful drummer, musician, and uh, by all accounts from people clo- much closer to him than myself, a great person. So, um, yeah. 
rest in peace yeah. taylor hawkins but um let that be a reminder it shouldn't be what takes us to remind ourselves but uh call your loved ones and let them know that you love them you never know absolutely call your enemies let them know that you hate them let them know exactly. you see them mm-hmm. describe exactly. what they're wearing to them in detail exactly <laughs> um yeah speaking of that jo- josh how you doing buddy and rich i see you're wearing a blue shirt um just uh-huh. wanted you to know i see that cool uh-huh cool <laughs> real cool no but um if you're out there, yeah, just make sure you call call your loved ones. Um, be safe out there. Times are pretty crazy right now, as we've talked about the last few weeks. They continue to be crazy. Just be careful and be safe out there. Spread some positivity, even if it means buying a coffee that you don't have a lot of money for, for somebody who could probably use the money more than you. Even that little thing makes a big difference. So just, uh, you know, pay it forward or without any intentions of, hoping that it gets paid back to you and uh drink some water uh and life is care. short have unprotected sex no definitely not that <laughs> definitely not that <laughs> and, uh, all right let's get out of here yeah take care everyone <laughs> till next episode <laughs>